This episode of One for Paul was brought to you by our patrons. If you'd like to support the show, then go to patreon.com slash oneforpaul. Hello and welcome back to One for Paul, the show where I, a non-pop culturist, get inducted into the world of pop culture by my friends, co-humans, and nemeses. Joining me today is my friend. This is the part where you introduce yourself. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to like do a da, 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 and I thought you were going to like go Rachel Nesbitt do, 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 and like I mean, have sound effect. But I was waiting for it and I didn't. I didn't hear it. So <laughs> I mean, I still could, but I don't know how I top yours. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I'm Rachel, and I am your friend, and we like to talk to each other, and so. Here I am. <laughs> but I, I also sell dildos, so if anyone's interested, you know. Oh yeah, you have a up. group where you you have a Facebook group where you sell those. Uh-huh. Lots and lots and lots of sexy, gross memes. Yeah, it's it's good fun actually. Uh, and where can they um, find your group? So my group is called Make Orgasms Great Again, um, and you can uh, search that on Facebook, and uh, it should pop up and ask to uh, ask to join. That is just the most spectacular name for anything, mm-hmm. for anything. Thank you. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> Thank you. So the, 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 move- the sort of tagline underneath it is reclaim your time as well from Maxine Waters. So I'm, I'm very pleased with it on a few levels. I like your logo too. It was very nice. Anyway, oh, thank you. let's, uh, with, without further ado, let's get, let's get through to this episode of, uh, of the thing that we're yes. watching. Let's do it. So you were surprised <laughs> that I haven't seen this movie. No, I wasn't that surprised. I, I was not that surprised. Which movie is all. this, by no. the way? This is Human Traffic. Yeah. Welcome to Definitely. Human League Traffic, the story of a popular yeah. 80s pop band trying to get their gig on time, but there's far too many other cars on the road. So, oh no, they might be late. <laughs> oh, is this your new screenplay? I can't wait to, to, to read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could probably wait a bit. So, um, it's, it's so, 90, so we're in 1999. Mm-hmm. It's a 1999 film. Um, and uh, directed by Justin uh, Kerrigan. So uh, it's sort of, uh, it is sort of loosely or very much based on uh, his actual life. So, you know, he, he was one of those dudes, you know, he was one of these guys. So he has... Um, there's an authenticity there because because he's 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 in it he did it he was there <laughs> so um but do you want to give a rundown of 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 the story or shall i well first uh well we're going to do the scene by scene in a minute but first i like to start with what did i know prior to recording prior to watching this for for one for paul uh and I just, I knew nothing about this film. I don't think I'd ever. Yeah. I maybe I'd heard the name once or something, mm-hmm. but I'm mm-hmm. super not the the demographic for this. And I don't no. think I was the demographic for it in 1999. I think no. I think 99 I was a bit young, and then like 2000 mm-hmm. I was just at the beginning of high school, mm-hmm. so that might have mm-hmm. been. And it, it sort of passed me by. It wasn't really yeah, my yeah. scene. I mean, not 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 surprising, darling. We live in two very different worlds, as we've uh, already. <laughs> Discussed. Yeah, but also, like, if we had met back then, I would have maybe dismissed you as some sort of a chav, which is not a nice thing oh, to call I anybody. I was one. I was one. I was one. There's no, there's, there's no, you know, wondering about it. I definitely was one. I mean, you had to be. If you weren't, you'd, you'd probably be, you know, slaughtered down, down in London. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, uh, it's tough down there. 
and you you have to you really do have to build up you know your own strength mm. down there and, well we and, were part of different and sometimes scenes, that right? came uh, well yeah exactly but it was tough it was mm. tough mm. So uh, is this yeah, like a super great. important movie to you or is this like a super cult thing or what? what is this movie? I mean, it, so to me, yeah, it's very much a cult movie and a lot of people will tell you it's a cult movie. It, it, I mean, it happens to be one of my favorites, um, but, but it also very much depends on your mood. So, for instance, a lot of people in my world would have maybe watched this film before going out or they'll watch a certain scene of it have a shot at home before leaving the house. So, um, or indeed a, a line of cocaine or whatever they are up to, I'm not, whatever. But that's what they would, they would put this film on or indeed put Bill Hicks on um, to get them going, you know, to be like, yeah, let's do this. And it, mm. it, the, the film has that, um, that feel of it, you know, it's narrated as a sort of pseudo documentary. So it feels like you're going with them. Mm. you know to this party mm. um so so yeah so yeah absolutely it is <clears throat> okay well is there anything else that you want to get out of the way to set the scene before we start into the plot um i think i mean we can we can sort of go into themes and stuff like that afterwards maybe so you talk through the film as you want to um with whatever you've discovered or whatever you liked or um okay. and then uh, and then i can and then I can go through some stuff afterwards, maybe. Well, it's just as well, because the scene-by-scene scene analysis, I realized after I watched this the first time, it's uh, the, my usual approach is not useful here, because normally I'm a plot guy, mm -hmm. I'll go through the plot beats, but if I did this for this movie, I would have, like, four plot points, right? Mm -hmm. the, the plot is not yeah. the point of this movie, I get, I get that. I mean, there, I mean there, there definitely is one, and, and how, how I would look at it through my eyes is actually it's 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 perhaps three big scenes that's mm. how i would describe it so you have the scenes before the club mm -hmm. you have the club scenes and then you have the after party come down scenes so i i put it into three massive categories like and then you can sort of sorry, mm, go ahead. break it down break, break it down you know um into smaller bits so we could talk, maybe maybe discuss first, you know, before the club. So the way that I broke it down was, uh, I see what you're saying and I agree. That's sort of our three acts are mm -hmm. act one before, act two in, yeah, and act three is the, mm -hmm. the sort of whatever. But I sort of treated it in my notes as sort of a character piece. So most of my notes are characters and interactions. That's so, good too. Uh, so we'll uh, we'll merge our two ways of looking at it, and we'll see if we can't uh, figure out what the hell this movie is, and whether I even mm -hmm. whether I understood it. Maybe that that'd be a good way. So fade in to Jip yep. in uh, in giant letters, mm -hmm. just such big letters. Mm -hmm. Then yeah, a dude the, the in a baseball jersey, I guess, who accuses the audience of being real lucky because we get to fuck all the time. Yeah, yeah. Look at you. You're fucking away, aren't you? You're fucking away. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the main thing I do. Looks around yeah. at nobody. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all of us, all of us. Yeah, we're just constantly fucking. We're just doing nothing else. Yeah, that's, that's what Jeff so. thinks. So looks... yeah, so basically, so so we open up and we see that obviously this is very high in Jip's 
mind because you know that's the first thing he talks about is yeah. that he's got um sexual paranoia yep so he's got uh how does he put it the case of the mr floppies case of the mr floppies yeah yeah um that's what you would have said back in the 90s as well i suppose so i think it's still um, a rather so, yeah. uh illustrative way to talk about it i got a case of the floppies so uh yeah. But he's like 20-ish, I'm going to call it, something in that region. So yeah, if yeah, if I yeah, were 20 yeah. and thought I was impotent, I, I would also be quite concerned. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. But it is also a coming-of-age film. I mean, you know what I mean? So mm, they, they are young. Mm. Um, and in fact, youth is their only capital. They, they don't have anything else. Youth is the only thing that's on their, uh, you know, on their side, and that is leaving them soon. So, mm, mm. you know, it's almost like a last hurrah. Yeah. So the case of the Mr. Floppy, it's it's killing him, softly. This, yeah, this yes, is the pun yes, the movie exactly. makes. This yeah, is the yeah. thing Jip says. And I yeah, kind of like this is. already. I like Jip's dad joke. Yeah, uh, you could describe this, this this film a lot as sort of um, a sad comedy. I um, don't know that it feels like a comedy, at least at first. I, I guess it's set up like a comedy oh, no, at first. Yeah, but then you get the little odd jokes here and there to not take it too seriously. And of course, the soundtrack as well encourages mm. you not to take things too seriously. And to, and it's quite lighthearted in that way. The juxtaposition of the sort of hard things they're going through and yet the sort of happy, dancey music. Yeah. So cut to Coop who is Jip's uh, best friend who works at a record shop and has some mm-hmm. serious jealousy issues around his girlfriend. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, so this is his deal. This is his problem. This is his thing that he's running away from um, or wants to um, because he doesn't want to feel like this anymore, constantly paranoid of his of his girlfriend. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tough for him mm. and he can't help it. He just seems to not help himself, this natural human paranoia. Even on her past, you know, her past boyfriends, he can't seem to handle it. Yeah, this is, he has a whole monologue. This is uh, literally each character is like introducing themselves mm-hmm. and their issues, mm-hmm. including next mm-hmm. is uh, Nina, who is Coop's girlfriend, who works mm-hmm. at a fast food place and uh, really is not a fan of this job. No, I mean, no one is. It, it, it's the point. It's the sort of social commentary on, on you know, these these chains or these you know because we're in the 90s remember Mm. as well and so they would have to to get a job would have been actually not you you don't have a lot of options at this point and that's the point if you so she failed her college um uh what what was she doing she She was uh i have a note on that specifically she wants to go to college but she fucked up the interview uh she wanted to study philosophy i guess and uh her the question that she feels she fucked up on was why does philosophy interest you Mm. and i Mm. guess she fucked up the interview um but for reference i think her answer i've been having serious trouble trying to work life out and i'm prepared to listen to Mm -hmm. other people's theories is a mm. way better answer than what she thinks she should have said, which is... It's the meaning of life. Philosophy yeah. is about the meaning of life, yeah? I totally agree. I think her first answer was way better, but that's the point. These people are not dumb people. You know, they just have no options. Nina certainly you know? doesn't seem to be. She seems to have a pretty good head on her shoulders. Yeah, she's the only one who does have any vague head on her shoulders, um, I think. I think that's fair to say. Uh, except for, of course, Lulu, who is a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And that's made very clear um, 
Well, she uses the line, yeah, I gave him the vo- the verbal per- uh, post-mortem today or something. That was a really good line. There's some great um, turns of phrase in this, I do have to yeah, say. I haven't noted it's... all of them down or I, I would just be reciting the script, but it, I yeah, like the well, way exactly. that they phrase things. The writers clearly... Mm. They clearly wanted like a more mature sounding 20 something person. Yeah. The, the, the point is, is to show them as likable, to show them as not mm. just sort of dumb vessels that just take drugs. But these are these are human beings that, you know, struggle because there isn't really any options for them. And it's a sort of testament to the times, really. And, you know, the only thing that they're able to do is go work in a fast food restaurant because mm. there's literally that. There is no other options for them in Wales. Hmm. So, you know, it gives them it gives you a really strong look at the big picture as well as to, you know, why are there no options for these perfectly capable people? Yeah, we learn you know? later that they're in Cardiff, which is uh, the capital of Wales, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but Lulu uh, has, um, so she doesn't like men, and that's what she says at least, but she does seem reasonably fond of Jip. Uh, slang check what is a drop-in partner because that's what she and uh jip are okay so basically when it comes to mdma or the sort of colloquial ecstasy um what you do when you take uh one of these is that you you drop it so as in you take it you take the pill you drop the pill Mm -hmm. so essentially dropping partners means that you take drugs together you know so a dropping partner would be yeah. would be your your best your best bud to do drugs with essentially. Okay, so it's uh, similar to say a drinking buddy. Absolutely, exactly the same. But okay. it's dropping partners because I heard but, but is it... I heard drop in as in like a you know drop. I'll just pop in. Oh no no no! So no, yeah, no, no. I, I heard that wrong. Entirely different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. a good question because a lot of people will not know what that is unless you've had a rather interesting life like myself. You oh, uh, yeah. wouldn't necessarily uh, know what that is. So. I, I'm relying on you as the expert of this particular uh, part of our pop culture. <laughs> I, not... I, I've just, it's so foreign to me. It's not my area at all. And I'm really yeah. enjoying learning about a lot of it is why I do this show. Cause I get to learn all kinds mm. of stuff mm. about mm. little areas mm. of pop culture that were previously just not known to me. Mm, mm, absolutely well with these things there's sort of there's good there's good parts and there's bad parts like with anything and I think you have to be extremely strong-minded and quite smart I mean that you know that's the reason why some people try drugs and then don't need to do it again you know Mm. they just they know what it is and they don't you know they don't have a compulsion or even if they did have a little a little temporary compulsion they can usually talk themselves out of it but not everybody of course is that lucky and they don't have the strong will to be able to you know put it down and return to reality for example moth who is quicker on the draw than jesse james's son exactly right and obviously this is the film that made him absolutely famous uh he was so good in, in it um one of my favorite characters um i think he just reminds me of me a little bit Actually, a little bit of me. I don't know why. I think maybe it's the Cockney bit. I don't know why. <laughs> maybe a little bit, yeah. I, I don't think you're as crazy as he is. No, but I used to be. That's yeah, the maybe. thing. I used to be. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm quite old now, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, you're like, you're practically uh, like an elderly <laughs> swamp witch cat lady man person. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> so, uh, just quick check. I I saw. I had to pause here in my second watch through. Does he have a Confederate flag on his wall? 
Uh, really? Yeah, it's That's like a Confederate flag with like uh, but with a car, like a, a car in negative superimposed on yeah. it. So I wonder if that's like a yeah. an album cover or something. Yeah, it could be an album cover or a different thing. You'll see in the backgrounds usually that it's usually a nod to counterculture or um, that is one hell of a counterculture. Yeah, well, quite. I mean, that's the ultimate counterculture if you think about it, and and like. Um, uh, you'll see Jip in his room. He will have lots of posters again of sort of counterculture stuff, and mm. you know, talks about being free and about you know and and stuff like that. It's it's very much important to them, yeah. and the point of the whole movie, really. Yeah. So uh, Moff says that he's not real interested in a relationship at the moment because he's mm-hmm. uh, super into music. Because that's mm-hmm. he's having a love affair with music, exactly with yeah. drugs. It being off his pickle. And and dancing to the music, I think is how he puts it. Yeah, or he feeling, also. Feeling the music. Yep, that's exactly right. And he also describes himself uh, as Pill Monster, which is the worst Sesame Street character. <laughs> See, I've met Pill Monsters, and they are legitimately exactly like this guy. This is, this is, honestly, it's it was so brilliantly done, hmm. so so brilliantly done because I knew that guy. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? I've known that dude. Huh. We all knew, we all knew guys. I mean, we'd all like have, you know, have a little bit of fun, you know, but then there's always one guy who just takes it too far and yeah. just has like five in one go because he just wants to get absolutely off his pickle. It's usually because he's trying to escape from something. Yeah. Um, he started off by being right on top of his pickle and then he fell off of his pickle and decided he quite likes yeah. it down there. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, so um, but yeah, he's my he's one of the favorite characters. Did you did you like the character, or did you just think he was an absolute idiot? At this point, I didn't quite know what to think, other than oh, okay, so like we got the the classic drug guy. So this is who this guy is. He's going to be a one dimensional, I like drugs, way hey sort of character. That, that at this point in after one little, I've heard him talk mm-hmm. for six sentences without a break at all. Mm-hmm. I, I don't Did know if he like ever stops. Him? I don't know if I liked him now. I don't think I'd formed a judgment at this point. But uh No? Did you did you not feel like he was friendly, like you were having a chat with him, like he was a mate? Did I, you did you get that feeling? You know that guy who's stuck? like who's clearly had one more pint than is necessarily good oh, for yeah. the time of day where you're there and he just wants yeah. to talk to you. It it yeah. felt like yeah. that guy was talking to me at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. All I wanted to be like was like, okay, yeah, uh huh. Uh, you got it, Moff. Yeah, 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 yeah no problem. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm going exactly. go to go over there. Uh, you have a good one later. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, if I had a nickel for any time I've met met that man. I mean, you were goodness. a bartender for years, so yeah, I, I mean, imagine I, I served them, so I made them worse, really. Oh, so I, yeah. I, I can probably <laughs> apologize for the whole of the UK. So now that we've got the characters introduced, it's time for some B-reel of the 90s illegal rave scene in the UK intercut with footage yeah. of police beating down on protesters, including mm-hmm. what, that wasn't poll tax protests in those footage, was it? It was. I think it was, actually. It might have been poll tax. It, it might have been. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember for the life of me, actually. I was sort of thinking about this this morning, and I just can't remember what it was. But yeah, you, you're seeing a riot, basically. You're seeing a... a Oh, yeah, including, like, a whole bunch of people trying to break down the gates of what looks like the gates to Number 10 Downing Street, which, uh, for those who don't know in the UK, that's the the residence of the Prime Minister. It's like the UK's version of the White House. Yeah, um, 
although I'm not sure whether it was there or whether it was the. Um, there were big black iron gates. It was reminiscent yeah, of I mean, it wasn't yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, think important place in London. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where like there is somebody with a gun there, unusually for the UK. Yeah, you, you, once you get once you get more and more into London, you'll start seeing those guys a lot more. There's pockets like uh, mm. there. There's usually one or two who will guard uh, former prime ministers' houses, that sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Exactly. You know, Downing Street yeah. is obvious, but uh, you don't see them that often. So anyway, this was like a big anyway. thing, and it really sets the tone because I, I was looking at this like, okay, so it's a it's a rock and roll party movie but with club stuff instead of rock shows, right? Like that, that's what I thought I was yeah. getting into. And then there's all these yeah, riots yeah. and I'm like, oh, okay, actually, hang on. This yeah, might be sort of, going on. Mm-hmm. maybe this is like undertone to something else. So, okay, mm-hmm. I'm in, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. 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 And this is just it's, the intro. Uh, this is like the opening credits. So already yeah, I'm like, this is interesting. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Because also you got to remember the the music as well, the sort of contrast between mm. the clubby, dancey music of the intro, you know, the intro music and the and the pictures, which is the, the, the moving pictures of the riots and everything like that. So you've got this like happy, dancey, woo music, but then you've got these sort of riots and, you, you know, you're, they're flipping to riots and other play. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. I think the music was quite driving in a way. Just speaking as a musician myself, it was happy. It wasn't sort of happy in the sense of like a children's song is happy. It was excited and driving, which I yeah. think was it's uh, it's like this youthful energy to it, which I think is sort of the mm-hmm. point because yes, all of the footage mm-hmm. of the stuff is people who are maximum 28, right? Like all of the, this is a youth movement. It's made to seem like in the, in the reels that we're being Mm -hmm. shown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we're, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the actors are probably obviously a bit older, but they are playing, um, younger. If they're older then they're, uh, they're passing very well. Like Moth can't be older than 12. Jesus. No, darling. He looks very young. (laughs) He was not that young, sweetheart. All right, like 19, 19, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, he seems like the actor was the age of the person he was portraying. It's called acting, darling, acting. Yeah, get Meryl Streep (laughs) to play one of these. I mean, I'm sure she could do it, but I don't know if she'd look right. Oh, God, I'd love to see that. It would be hilarious. So back to Jip. Back to Jip at his job where a former one-night stand arrives to buy some stuff from him. And here's the first of uh, these super wide-angle lens shots uh, showing us the feeling of being inside the character's mind. So in this mm-hmm. one, Jip is wearing a t-shirt that reads Mr. Floppy with a, with a, like a graphic of a floppy penis on it, uh, mm-hmm. while they have an honest conversation about their feelings interspersed with a random crowd of dudes chanting about his dick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you hate yeah. it when random crowds of dudes chant about right. your penis? It, what's great on their sh- on their shirts? Because the thing is, they always do things to ext- extremes in this film. You mm-hmm. know, it's always very in your face, sort of. You know, this is what it is. And you know, the t-shirts they have sort of hundred percent hetero oh, yeah. on them, and they're like, you know, you know, you can't get it up for the girls. Do you know? What I mean? Yeah, they're <laughs> so, uh, like- they're doing a football <laughs> chant. So yeah, like essentially a double chant, yeah. They're doing uh, a penis chant is what they're doing more accurately. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. To make sure that the audience absolutely knows mm. this is how he's feeling. He f- doesn't feel like a man. He feels like everybody is laughing at him because of this reason. Yeah. And because it's the 90s, we get that sort of like, no, I'm not gay. I'm just like, and, you know, they're assuming. Because exactly. in the 90s, the word gay was still used as a pejorative. Like, what are you, gay? It certainly was. And yeah, it certainly was. Yeah. You know, we've said on the show before, I'm sure I, I used to use it that way because that's the colloquial way it was used. I'm not proud of yeah. it, but it, it is sort of what it was, and I'm glad it's changed now. Mm. Yeah, me too. I'm glad it's changed. You know, and I'm a bisexual woman, so, you know, and I still used it when I was younger. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've all, I suppose, as long as you grow from that, as long as you have actually grown up and realized the problematic behavior or, or speech mm. and you amend that, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? I think mm. it's... We're all going to grow. But uh, getting back to this uh, small cinematography note that I had, did you notice that any time we're going into the character's perception, the the Mm -hmm. angle gets enormously wide, like super fisheye? Yeah, yes, yeah, super fisheye. But yeah, that's sort yeah, of exclusive really... to, uh, it's this sort of hyper real, oh my god, I'm aware of everything sort of perceptual Precisely. thing. But it only really happens when we go into the characters' heads, which is separate mm-hmm. from objective reality, where things are filmed more with like a 50 mil standard lens. It's sort of... Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's an interesting visual choice to do that, especially since we all know that the... the excuse me. We all know the hip hop uh videos like the, the yeah. beastie boys videos where they get the fisheye yeah. lens facing yeah. Yeah, straight absolutely. up at them as they jump up and down yeah. at the camera yeah absolutely it was a nod to them and uh, as well and, and and there's a few nods to a few people actually oh, yeah. but um um but yeah no you're absolutely you're absolutely spot on i think the the fisheye thing as well and the different angles that they use or the mm. slight changing of the of the focus or the cat you know whatever they're trying to do it just i think it gives the extra feel of slight unreality does that make sense yeah yeah, absolutely they they avoid standard uh focal lengths like crazy the focus stays reasonably deep most of the time except Mm. for a couple Mm. of shots but that's just like that's how you do moving image is it otherwise it's unwatchable yeah, but uh, yeah, exactly. back to real life, and we have this great, like, here's what he wants to have had a conversation about. Like, no, nah, I felt really weird, and I'm sorry about mm-hmm. that. It wasn't you. It literally, something's weird in my head, and I'm working through it. I'm sorry mm-hmm. about that. That's the conversation mm-hmm. he'd like to have had in real life. Yeah. He just sort of serves her and goes, all right, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Exchange yeah, some I... awkward glances, and then yeah. he dies Which is inside. Which what happens, isn't it? That is oh, yeah. what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both of those people had, like, an internal dialogue, but none of them speak it. I maintain having lived in London for as long as I have, they sort of had that conversation in a way, but like, you can have a lot of conversation with very little words. Oh, absolutely. But sometimes as here, the words would really help to be more open, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely right. Yeah. So cut to Lulu who is breaking up with her uh, boyfriend, I guess, because he cheated on her. And as her friends console her, Matt and Luke show up. Uh, They're something called post-Goa modernists, who claim that uh, (laughs) being black is a state of mind. State of mind, man. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, they're just, just, just awful. I (laughs) remember people like this at the festivals. We all do, we all do. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they're probably still like that. They they they, they never get out of it. It's uh, one of those things. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but so I they, I, they I love this little whole... line when they sit down. I just have to go through that. They sit down yeah. with uh, Lulu and her friend, and they say, "How's it going?" And Lulu just sort of stares at them and goes downhill. Downhill, yeah. <laughs> right, cool. So anyway, they're completely yeah. oblivious, and I just love that so much. I like Lulu; she's yeah, great. It's, it's really good. It's it's really really good. And they, you know, and as they're talking, I think it's important to say that they do shots of, uh, well, because what they say is sort of verbal diarrhea. You know, yeah. essentially, um, they're just talking absolute shit. The bass so was so heavy. Too. How heavy was the bass? Yeah, how you could you could you could you could hear the beats in, in Jamaica or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, you could feel the bass in Jamaica, and bass, you just watch yeah. Lulu and her friend go. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then the cat, the the camera, she, it, it cuts to um, you know somebody's art, and of course they're smoking. By the way, so they're yeah. smoking little roll ups, right? Yeah. And then it'll it'll cut to an ass that's smoking a cigarette because. Oh, I forgot know, about I mean, that. Yeah, I tried yeah, so I mean, hard to to not remember that, but it's literally yeah, like sorry. a human butt with a yeah, cigarette yeah. in between the cheeks yeah. and it's like smoking so it's like basically just saying that they're just they're talking at the ass. they're, they're butts they're just, also yeah, they, they themselves they are, are the butts yeah yeah so um yes and, and and um lulu calls it social masturbation or something i think she says like we're going to be given a, a free course in social masturbation because something like just, that yeah, yeah. Uh, so cut to Coop at his shop where um, where the guy Ali G was parodying shows up to buy some music. Yeah, he's he, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Is it the junglist first? No, it's the guy in the orange vest who goes no, like, uh, have you got any hip hop in? And Coop is an yeah. excellent salesman, may I say. Right. Yeah. He is very no, good at this. And the guy comes in. Yeah. He goes, yeah, we just got some real good West Coast flow. Uh, no, I don't want any of that West Coast shit. Give me some East Coast shit. And like, clearly the guy doesn't know what he's talking about, right? Because there was an East Coast, West Coast thing, but like, I get the feeling that this guy doesn't actually know hip hop because like he he might not actually be part of the culture, but he likes the music kind of and is just getting into it maybe. But like, he's pretending. Well, well, maybe, maybe not, to be honest with you. I didn't really get that feeling. Maybe Um, But, but... Yeah, the point is, is that is that Coop is uh, well, he's a, like a vinyl pusher. So mm. you would have got these back in the like the nineteen nineties as well. Is that they, you know, he says well, he's got his finger on the pulse of the music. You know, he knows what's in, what's good, what's mm. you know what I mean. He, he's got his finger on the pulse. Oh yeah, but yeah, he yeah. pushes the vinyl. So he basically he he like sells eyes to an Eskimo. Do you know what I mean? He's one of those people. Oh yeah, yeah. Listen, when I describe him as an excellent salesman, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. We're we're in total mm-hmm. agreement there. Yeah. Oh, massively. Yeah. He's a great salesman. He's he's. Um... But he's also super into what he's selling. Like you can tell when he pl- puts on the hip hop to listen to twenty thirty seconds of it. He's like, yeah, this fucking. Well, yeah. No, but the point is. The, the point is he does it anyway. I mean, he's acting. That's the point. He's not actually, he might not actually like the tune, but what he's doing is trying to get the other person excited about it. And so oh, he yeah. does like these like dance moves and everything. Like, yeah, you like that, don't you? Yeah. And then of course it's psychology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're like, yeah, yeah, I love this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of sort of, um, it's a bit of psychology there, but just uh, pure skill. I mean, to, I'd, to just I'd like, hire him. Yeah. Jeez, I'd hire him to yeah. sell anything. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's a really—it's actually my favorite scene. So it's I would like good. to talk about this a little bit more. Oh yeah, because then my favorite scene. two dudes just sort of slide in. Yeah, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, they slide in exactly the Snooja. So, by the way, fun fact yeah. that um, so that character, so he, he slides in the camera. I don't know what what how you do to do that. I've got no idea. Oh, you put the guy on a dolly. Like, right. Okay. So he like they literally so, yeah, put so him on wheels like, and they move the platform with wheels on it forward. Yeah, I, yeah, I got it. So he <laughs> so he slides in. Um, and he's obviously got the bit, you know, ni- classic 1990s, big orange bomber jacket. Do you know what I mean? Like beanie. And the character is called Ziggy Marlon. He's a, um, really? yeah, Ziggy Marlon. Ziggy wow. Marlon, man. And that is actually director Justin Kerrigan. Oh, so is that really? is him. That's the director. Are we talking the director. same guy, the guy who says, any jungling guy? Yeah. Any jungling guy. Any yeah. Guy. So that's director Justin Kerrigan. Okay. So uh, he does his own little cameo in it and then he goes um yeah and Coop's just like yeah it's just it's just flown in right now you know it's 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 hot right now I've got some like it this will make Gandhi into a bad boy or something or something like that <laughs> which I love that line it's just I ended amazing. up watching that scene just before recording again because I quite liked it and I wanted to remember yeah, it's so good and it is something it's like so, so good um I got some I got some jungle that'll put Tarzan and Jane to shame and yeah. uh, this will yeah, make yeah. Hari exactly. Krishna go crazy or something. Yeah yeah no he says this will make Hari Krishna into a bad man. That's it yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Into a bad boy. And then they like just, that. absolutely hilarious. And then they just have a dance party in the yeah. record shop which is kind of neat. Yeah yeah literally they just slam it on and every, and then you just you just the next the next like shot you just see everyone in the in the music um uh, just like going mental and just dancing you know hardcore to sort of jungle it jungle dance it's just really really funny and then we use that lens again to sort of cut back to Coop as he's sort of dancing as well but he's going like in and out of oh yeah yeah it's super in and out of sort of what's yeah, interesting the is thing, they're so. using the same sort of visual thing the super super wide mm-hmm. both for this mm-hmm. is the inside of the person's mind and also okay it's party time which I think is quite yeah, absolutely. telling yeah, yeah, massively is. Yeah, massively is. Um, but yeah, it's my favourite scene. Absolutely adore it. It's, it's so good. funny as well. It's so funny. Um, so yeah, even if you don't watch the film, like anyone listening to this, even if you don't watch the film, please just do watch that scene because it is a really good one. It's very good. So cut to Jip, who hates his job, and uh, cut again to <laughs> Jip's imagination land, where his manager mm-hmm. literally fucks him in the ass. Yeah, no, literally, yeah. So it's just, uh, obviously, it's a metaphor for literally being, you know, being fucked by the sort of corporate... He's, he's got a dollar, he's got a, a banknote, like, on his mouth that his yeah, manager so has gagged his mouth with and then bends him over yeah. and fucks him while saying, yeah. like, hey, if you want to... I, I would describe this as, um... oh, geez, what's his name? Monty Python, the silly walks guy. John Cleese. John Cleese. The, the way that this actor moves... And does his physical comedy reminds me a lot of John Cleese in a very good way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a little bit, right? Like, if you want to work at this establishment, then what? And like, oh, wow, okay. And he's also got the same, he carries himself the same way, I think, which I, I, this was so funny. This was so funny. It's so good, isn't it? It's very on the nose. It's unbelievably on the nose, but it's also well acted, so I don't care, right? No, it really, really is. It really was. And obviously it's um, 
you know, a metaphor for sort of being a a, a tiny cog in a massive, massive machine and that mm. how you are. I think he has a barcode on him as well, just yep. to sort of obviously very much bluntly show that he is a he is a barcode. He's not actually a human and that, you know, we get we get shafted by by corporate, you know, every single day for the fact of money for the big because well, tellingly we need money. it's the manager who has the barcode on his forehead. So saying oh, even right. well, even yeah. the manager doesn't really have a choice in this. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, yeah, he does and he doesn't. It, it shows you that this kind of person that that goes for those roles are usually those sort of people, and so yeah, maybe although he is a barcode himself, he he goes into this. Um, and treats people badly. He is just part of this machine as well. You know what I mean? So it's sort of, there's a few things going on there. There's a few layers. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a great scene. Not quite as bad as Nina's boss, who we cut to next. And uh, oh. as all of the employees are pop-locking as they work, uh, otherwise known as doing the robot, which, again, quite on the nose. Again, but I, on the nose. But it's stylish, yeah. so I don't care. Yeah. But then this, this just... Um, he's it's just this wet boy this wet yeah, boy a, starts uh flapping around nina yeah and sort of um trying to like lick her and be like <laughs> like a disgusting sort of greasy animal that is just like going around her trying to desperately lick her face and she's just standing there and i think every single woman he's just I soaked think, in vaseline yeah no massively but every woman has have had more than one experiences with with um with guys like this so it's really important just to 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 show this scene actually because that is exactly what it feels like and i think a lot of men don't really get that is that um this sort of greasy man like literally just being up in her face all the time making sort of disgusting noises and stuff is literally you know we've all had that you know <laughs> we've all had that dude and so um, I think it was just really important. That this, in, is what, in, in this, uh, this is what I think this film does really well, at least so far, mm. is uh, visual representations and acting representations, not necessarily yeah. of what reality is, but of how yeah. it feels to be but in this situation. So precisely. Speaking as a man, I was looking at this going, that is so gross. God, yeah. is that what yeah. the, I mean... This is what we feel. I don't do that to people, like but this. that's what other men are doing that to the people. Fuck those guys. What the hell? Yeah. No, they really, they, I mean, the thing is people think that it's just the odd nutter. It really isn't, you know, it really, really isn't. And I think that's important to say, you know, that, you know, especially these sort of, um, these men that go into these managerial roles. Oh yeah. If they, you are, if you're doing this to somebody who's in a subordinate position to you, Oh no, 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 yeah. no, no. That, no, but that's the reason why they get into it in the first place because they can do that. Then. Oh, that's gross. You know what I mean, because I these women mean. need, they know that they need the money. Yeah. Whereas Nina, she just goes, you know what? Fuck this. And she just walks out. Yep. Cause and... she said, I don't want to play any of this corporate game. I don't want to play it. It's disgusting. And I don't want to have to, I sincerely hope that man. she sues for sexual harassment because, like, it looks to me like if you're being no, made to darling, feel that way. Darling, darling, the real world doesn't work like that. You can't, you know, it's it's very, depending on the situation, and also you can't just sue. You need money for that. You need, you know, it's not as easy. Well, people in these desperate situations. Sexual harassment, you go to the police for job. that. Well, yeah, but who would believe her? 
You see, I love it that men think that, oh, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? And actually, it's really, really, really not as easy as that. No, I didn't mean to say it's as easy as that. I'm saying I hope that she has, uh, the character has recourse in this direction because fuck this guy. Well, but nothing would be done anyway. So what would be the point? You know, it's important to say that. It's really, really important. Trust me. That's so sad. Sucks. Yeah, it does suck. Welcome to Woman's World. <laughs> yeah, I, I look, again, I'm not suggesting that it's easy. I'm suggesting, fuck, I hope that this kind of person is less frequent now. I'm, I'm hoping uh, that... No, uh... not really. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Oh, shit. I'm sad now. Can we keep watching the movie? I, I don't want to <laughs> yeah. feel this sad, please. I know. I'm so sorry. I've just completely depressed you. Oh. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go meet the next woman and just say, like, I'm sorry that men, I'm sorry. <laughs> Evidently, we're really okay, bad. So, so cut- It's okay, I'm going to lighten the mood, I'm going to tell you a joke. There oh. were two tomatoes on a road. One tomato says to the other, other tomato, you know, there's a car coming, <laughs> splat. And then the other one goes, where, splat? <laughs> That's the whole joke. That's the whole joke. <laughs> Well, now I'm it's sad so again. bad. I love it. Well, now I'm it's... sad again. Uh, you know what? After this, I'm going to go find the nearest <laughs> tomato and say, you know what, tomato? I'm sorry that cars are like this. I will try not to be like this when I'm in a car. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So yeah, cut him go. off on his uh, BMX bike. Turns out that he's a drug dealer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's not like some sort of, as they say in the movie, some sort of hardcore pusher that you imagine you, you imagine all drug dealers to be. Um, or well, I would say in inverted words, most drug dealers. So people, um, people would assume that all drug dealers are sort of these crazy, you know, nutcases. And and actually, a lot of the case, it it isn't. It's usually just a dude who wants to get high for free on the weekend, and so he sells a little bit here and there um, to his friends, mm. um, so then he can have a free night. So it's establishing the fact that he's not. He's not trying to do damage in the world. He's not trying to. I just lost the comms line real quick. Uh, one more time. Um, sorry. Um, but yeah, but he's not that sort of crazy drug dealer. He is just, he's just a dude, you know, he's a young dude, wants to party on the weekend. Yeah, I suppose not. I mean, also it looks to me in the quick scene where he, he we see him sell weed. It's just weed. So let's be clear. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm Canadian well, in hashed. 2020. It's like perfectly legal in Canada, and I'm, I'm fine. That's okay. Like that's Ooh, not an issue. When are we for going me. to Canada, Paul? Uh, whenever you want. <laughs> whenever you want. You you get the you. Whenever you can get a ticket. Uh, you know that's fine. We can do that. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, totally. Let's anyway, do that. Yes. But yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, so even then, to me, they say like, oh yeah, he sells drugs, and we see him sell weed, and I'm like, oh no, that's different though. It's like it's fine. Well, no, he he does also sell pills, so it's not sh- ah, it's not yeah. seen, but he does. Um, he he's well, I don't know actually. Maybe he doesn't. I haven't got. Co- I, well, we I don't mean, see I assume... him. We don't see him deal it. But like, given that the whole movie is about MDMA, I assume yeah, that maybe yeah. we that's a safe assumption. In which case, yeah. I'm sort of less cool with that. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Um, he does. Uh, it's not weed, by the way. It's hash. So he sells. We oh, yeah, see okay, the yeah. handoff. We see the handoff of of hash. Yeah. Um. 
and but the person that he's going to see is obviously cutting up some sort of it's either coke or speed or something but she's using glucose so she's cutting it up to make it uh, bulk out so she mm. could get more money right yeah okay so that's what she's doing on the table uh, and why she's quite excitable as well which is important to say oh yeah um she did seem uh, a little uh excited yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah. slang check. Um, would you like any Billy, my lord? Oh, so so it is speed. So oh, okay. it's Billy Wiz. Got it. So Billy Wiz is speed. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. I didn't get that. So, so she. she speed. So um, he yeah. does, in fact, sell speed as well. No, I'm not sure. I mean, to be honest, it's never really established. I think the only thing that is established in the movie is that he's selling her a little block of hash. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we don't know that he's doing anything hardcore than that, yeah. Uh, I mean, he does. He certainly does. But um, but anyway, so she says, you know, can I interest you in you and a bit of uh, bit of Billy or whatever? And he he says something like, "Oh, darling, you know, you really know how to make a man go moist." That's it. Um, it's yeah. a really funny line. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty hilarious. He so, is hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. So, uh, Moth goes to see is this moth moth goes to see his mm-hmm. no it's not moth it's chip who goes to see his mum, who is uh working from home as it were uh yes very much so so yeah. like no shade at all to sex workers but like this situation is clearly pretty rough on jip yeah i mean absolutely the point is is, is that he he obviously has a complex because of this because obviously his mum's a, a prostitute and she's obviously been doing it for a very long time as well. Mm. And this has just been her life. And, of course, she finds that very normal. It's just a normal part of life. But, of course, when you bring another human into it and they grow up in that environment without any other um, figure there or anything like that, that can be quite – it can be a little bit of a, a head fuck. Mm. It might not necessarily destroy him, but it can be a bit – you know, it can mess people up, you know, that their mum is being treated in that way or – you know, so it messes with him because he doesn't mm. want that for her. Yeah, well, Jip is um, super angry and expresses yeah. a desire to kick the shit out of the punters, which absolutely understandable right. yeah, emotion because, there. Yeah. yeah, well, absolutely, yeah, and so that shows that shows the reasons why he wants to escape. So mm. we're going through all the different uh, characters and establishing why it's so important that they want to uh, escape from this escape for reality mm. even if it's just a weekend yeah cut to coop who uh goes mm-hmm. to see his dad who is uh institutionalized there's not really another mm-hmm. way to go about it because he's got uh, what appears to be quite serious uh mental issues yeah yeah absolutely so it's like delusions and stuff like that and mm. um that's no fun so yeah he's like he's a poor guy's lost his mind and um so now he has to be looked after in a facility and of course mm. um um and and coop's Coop a good guy to, to go him. there every day right oh yeah no i mean you yeah absolutely coop that's the thing these people are not bad people they're likable characters they're not supposed to be demonized you're supposed to be like you are like they're your friends mm. i like Coop and so they're bringing much. you along he's just such good people you know? i like him yeah me too. Yeah. So that's what he's escaping from, of mm. course, the, the hardship of having his dad in, you know, a, a, a mental institution or, um, you know, a hospital or whatever the place was. I can't remember. Uh, it looked to um, me like it, it looked to me just like some sort of uh, mental institution. Assisted there, living it, facility type it's, job. It's got to yeah. be something like that. 
Cut to Lulu and Nina celebrating the fact that she's quit. Which is just a yeah. quick little scene where they cheers it and go like, oh. <laughs> she has like an imaginary press conference. Uh, you know, I'm happy to yeah, be which is so good. joining. Uh, I'm happy to be part of the two million. And uh, yep. looking forward to a couple of weeks of uh, messing up my sleep schedule and drinking at noon. Yeah, yep. and some uh, hardcore, um, uh, actually, well, Richard and Judy. See, Richard and Judy here, but when they cut it for the American audiences, they um, they said some hardcore, what did they say? Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. Yeah. Some hardcore Jerry Springer. Yeah. I feel like that's unfair to Richard and Judy, but okay. Yeah, massively is, but because they are, that, I've seen that show a couple of times. It's not really my thing, but it's not Jerry Springer. Oh, I find it completely insufferable. But then I, I, I find many things insufferable. So I don't think that's a. <laughs> I don't like TV very much. Uh, fair enough. Don't yeah, TV go. has gotten a lot better in the last twenty years. So, uh, cut to Coop again, who reckons you can't be a proper DJ unless you can scratch, which I guess he can. Oh yeah. No, he really can, but it, but he, like, they pretends set it up to, so it looks like he pretends to, and then he just sort of stops scratching, and the track keeps scratching. I'm like, oh, they just recorded that, eh? All right. <laughs> so. Well, he did actually. So the point is, is that he put it on, and then he's in his room pretending to be the DJ because um, they this film really, really um, encourages um, your own inner dialogue and your own world and your own mm. fantasy your own fantasy. What do you want to feel like? You pretend to be that dude for two minutes. You escape your life because there's nothing wrong with that. This is the adult um, equivalent of getting two Lego spacemen and having them fight. Is it? I think so, isn't it? It's like that kind of youthful <laughs> imagination. Do you not get that at all? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. But the, it's that sort of, I reject your reality and substitute my own. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And of course, the friends, they all sort of encourage this. And Jip, you know, he's sort of narrating over this scene that Coop's scratching and stuff. And mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, live your fantasy, man. Go do you, you know. Um, and so that shows that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's if it's fake. You just live your, you know, live your life. But an important thing to say as well is that they think that everybody else is being fake and there's no fakeness to them. But of course, there is fakeness to them, but they don't see that yet. Mm. That's a good note. I hadn't quite got onto that. But yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I, I Yeah, it's mm. a good observation. Uh, cut back to Thank Nina you. and Lou. Sorry, do you have more to say about that? I'll stop. No, 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 just saying thanks. Cool, no worries. <laughs> so cut back to Nina and Lulu and they're bringing Nina's little brother to the club tonight. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's I love him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, it's really funny. He's one of the few people um, in this who has like a clearly Welsh accent, and I also love that. Yeah, that's also awesome. And uh, he's adorable. This little dude's adorable. And obviously he's, um, you know, he's growing up and he now wants to take drugs like they did, you know, when they were growing up. And so he wants to go on this on this train ride as well. I'm you part know? of the chemical generation, and, me. Yeah, part of the chemical generation. Yeah. Um and he goes through all these drug names really, really excitedly, like, yes, I'm finally going to get to, you know, to do this. And like, he really went excited. to that drug ed class and got entirely the wrong lesson. He was taking was, some was, very different notes. It was very funny, though. It was Hilarious. a great scene. Why don't you describe the scene? It's a good one. It's pretty much just him in front of camera rattling off drug names and then going like, yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, yeah. But then the, and then the doctor bit, well, no, the teacher bit, so then... Um, oh, I forgot about the teacher bit. You're right. Yeah. So why don't you why don't you talk yeah, about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. so then he and Jip have this. Is that now? 
What do you mean? I think it happens later. It's not on his intro, is it? Because first, Coop, uh, Coop calls Nina and, like, raps down the phone at her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does, uh, yeah. I cannot express to you how much I love how much of a dork Coop is. It's great. Oh, no, isn't he? Isn't he adorable? It's wonderful. Just, I love, yeah, I have so friends cute. like this, and it is, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Because who else tries stuff like that? You know, you, you have to be so secure in yourself to be able to to get onto the phone and, like, rap out something that you wrote. Yeah, it's awesome. I wish more people had the balls to do that. I really do. People don't like to look foolish, I think. But yeah, because just, Coop sort really of implicitly bullshit. trusts Nina, uh, he sort I yeah. guess he trusts her not to think that he's foolish. No, no, no. She loves him. You know, it's not, it's not a, it's not a thing. She loves him even more because he's such a dork, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't blame her. It makes him like, uh, so far Coop's my favorite man. He's great. Yeah. He's, he's really cool. I really, I really, really like Coop so, a lot. And he's just really funny. So through a number of phone conversations, we learn that they're all super excited to take drugs and go clubbing. And also Jip is a fan of Bill Hicks. Yes, absolutely. Bill Hicks is a very much a, um, an inspiration, I think, for this movie. Um, Bill Hicks, of course, we, we they, they take his line. I think it's a line or two lines. Uh, there's a bit of his, uh, one of his stand-ups where he says, uh, yeah, I used to do drugs. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I had a good, I had a good time. Had a good time. I yeah. laughed my ass off and then went about my business. Went about my day. Yeah, he said I didn't kill anybody, didn't rape anybody, didn't rob anybody, didn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's a classic been, bit. He's, he's very good. Yeah, it's, it's But also really let's classic. remember in the 90s, this was in the middle of both the uh, just, this was after the Just Say No program of the 80s in the US and uh, also yeah. the beginning of D.A.R.E., which because it was the 80s mm. and 90s, American mm. stuff grew worldwide. Mm. So I assume it was mm-hmm. also a British thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, quite possibly. Um, but yeah, but it was that, you know, because of all the sort of hype at how ridiculously dangerous, you know, drugs were and, and it, it will, it will completely destroy you and stuff. And, and, and 90, you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's really not that. And then really Bill Hicks gets on a stage and goes, yeah, that Bill Hicks gets on a stage and goes like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like not everybody will be this intense madman once trying a bit of weed. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't, it will not happen like that. And, and of course, Bill Hicks takes apart all of that. You know, he just mm. says, I did this, you know, I did that. I laughed my ass off. I had a great time. I didn't hurt anybody. Yep. Why is this such a, why is this so demonized? What's you interesting know? about Bill Hicks is he never actually goes to that next level of going like, why the hell are we putting up with this? He just sort of says, yeah, here's my experience and then leaves exactly. the audience to exactly. make up their which mind. It, yes, which makes it so much more powerful. He's not actually preaching anything, although he's quite preachy. He's He definitely he's just does saying, preach it. He, he, he yeah. knows what he's doing and he's a very, he was a very talented writer. Massively, so, massively. But his testimonial, if you like, oh, then, yeah. is... Uh, is the is really important now I where think. i thought they were gonna go when they said when jip says i'm gonna watch some bill hicks before i go out is i thought he was mm. gonna put on the the life's just a ride bit right you know what i'm talking about uh yeah 
Yeah, yeah, it's because yeah, Bill I Hicks do. had this whole thing about like, no, life is just a ride, right? Like whenever you take yeah, something yeah. Too, too fucking seriously, it's just a ride. Chill out. And he said this, by yeah. the way, after he got, uh, he was diagnosed with stage four uncurable with cancer. Four. And yeah. he's like, yeah, yeah, life's a fucking ride. Chill out. And uh, that's quite something. So that's the part I thought they were going to do, but they went to the drugs bit and I'm like, okay, that also makes sense. Yeah. yeah I think yeah, pretty much absolutely. just grab anything from Bill Hicks and it maps quite well to this movie, I think. Oh, 100%. You could literally take anything that he said and, and stick it in. Um, but it's in, but that particular thing that Bill said, I think, is extremely important for this movie. He's saying that, you know, look at this. Look, they yes, okay, they're taking drugs, but, you know, they're not these bad people that you're assuming these people to be. They're, mm. they're not. They're like you and me. They're very much, you know they're human and there's a reason as to why they want to go clubbing every weekend. And I think a lot of people in that, especially in 1999 would have been like, these are just druggies. They're useless. There's mm. nothing to them. They don't have anything going on. You know what I mean? They yeah. just dismissed them. And the point is, you know, they shouldn't be dismissed. That's the point. Certainly not Coop who has a particular way of entering cars. Yeah, the best way, I'd Just like to say. dives straight into Just the window. <laughs> How many takes did that take to get right? I don't know. He's so cool. Probably once. I mean, I hope. Part of me mm. hopes that that's just how he normally gets into cars. He just dives straight into the window and then sits down. But the other no, part of me is I, like, wouldn't it also be funny how many times he like smashed his head into Jip's head and went oh, like, oh, no. shit, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Ow, ow. Well, you see, that's why you need to take rocks. It's a painkiller, you know, for the, all the diving into cars. So uh, Moff is not joining them on the drive. He's taking a taxi. Uh, he talks a bunch of shit to his taxi driver about yeah. how great a film taxi driver oh, is. It's and, so uh, good. It's so good, this scene. It's so good. Because he's obviously off his pickle already, right? Yeah. He's obviously... He's oh, he's obviously... somewhere else, right? He's yeah. somewhere else. I remember you had that line of speed earlier. Um, this is now when it sort of kicked in, and now he's literally just talking a load of bollocks. Um, uh, but the way that he does it is absolutely hilarious. He's trying to explain who this person is that, you know, um, and he's like, oh, what's his bloody name? What's his bloody name? Ugly fuck. Uh, Peter Andre. That's it. Peter Andre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, the taxi driver is very – He's not engaging with this at all. He's like, uh-huh. no, no, he knows exactly what he is. Friday, and, Friday you know, night in Cardiff. This is my job now. Yeah, all right. This is my job. Yeah. So, you know, it's easy. He doesn't say anything. So he's probably had this, you know, this type of dude in his car a million times. Yeah. So this is before Uber where you could rate the guy. Yeah. Exactly. Just a random taxi driver clocking off later. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm hmm. So they have a tradition of going to the bar together before they go to the club, and they all collectively express their dislike of music that they dislike. Yep, it's called pre-drinks, but yep. yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah, pre-drinks. Pre in the pub, yeah, and then, um, uh, well, some of them have pre-pre-drinks, which is uh, drinking at home first, and then you go to the pub, drink again, and then you go to the club, drink again. Yep. Uh, so, you know, you do these things in stages well, because club, club, drink, <laughs> club drinks are super expensive, so you wanted to have a couple before you get there. Precisely. Yeah. But uh, here's the thing. When they're saying, like, oh, fucking Spice Girls, fucking Peter Andre, uh, fucking all this shit, uh, I was very aware that I used to talk about the kind of music that they like in these sort of pejoratives, because I'm a you know, metalhead, you know, uh, mm. my, my music education is sort of jazz rock metal. 
So I would look down my nose at club music, which I've since sort of gained an appreciation for, I have to say. But, you know, age uh, awesome. 16 through 24, call it. And I was like, no, nah, fuck that shit. It's dumb. Why would you ever do that? It's the same fucking musical idea 70 mm. times. Mm. And then you listen to another mm. song that does the same fucking thing another 70 times. Why the hell am I listening to that? And then finally I got like, okay, so there's there's a lot of it that has substance to it. The stuff that I was hearing was not mm. the good stuff. Right. That, right. That's the part right. that I had to sort of get through right. my head. I get you. Yeah. Like retraining your ears almost. Yeah, I get that. Well, sort of uh, in my case, it was just letting go of whatever I thought good music was and listening to what I was hearing and the sounds that were being produced mm. and then saying, you know what? There is something nice about just listening to a deep bass note for five minutes on end. That's kind of it feels viscerally nice. Mm -hmm. You can feel it mm. vibrating in your chest. That's that's cool. Mm -hmm. So if the point it's of the music cool. is to induce that sensation, then I'm I'm there. It's, it's nice. cool. I totally get you. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think that's the part that I failed to understand. It's that listening like on the radio in a car is not the right yeah. place for that music. You know, you have to no, be absolutely not. A, no. right. Yeah, you have to be at a dance club, and like yeah. then you sort of go, okay, this makes sense. I understand this now. Right. One hundred percent. Yeah. And one day, if you're lucky, I'll take you into the depths of uh, hell in London and take you somewhere. And... Oh, dude, I'm I'm far too old for that. I'm done. So am I. But we're going to do it anyway. Oh, Jesus. OK, fine. <laughs> so uh, they but, but yeah, just to say like there I remember being this way about music that I disliked and feeling the primacy of music mm -hmm. within my particular subculture. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, I I, the, I recognize this from a similar but removed place, if that makes sense. Yeah, I do. I understand that. I mean, I grew up with the Prodigy, so I was very much of this sort of chemical generation. Uh, I always quite liked Prodigy, to be fair. Yeah. So uh, that was one of the ones so... where I was like, OK, there might be something to this. Right. Yeah. That yeah. And, like, I mean, the uh, sorry, go ahead. sampling. I'm sorry. They're just saying they're masters at sa sampling mm. and stuff. They really are. So. Them and Aphex mm. Twin were the two that really got me going, okay, there's musicality mm. here that I was no, not appreciating man. before, because yeah. how do you even come up with half of this shit, right? So, mm. anyway, it turns out that Jip fancies Lulu. Yeah, he suddenly realizes that, oh, shit, I quite fancy her, actually. Yeah. After being friends with her for, I mean, it's established. Well, for like a while. established it's a long time, yeah. For I think they say a specific amount of time later on, like right at the end, but it's, it's been like a minute, right? Like they, they didn't meet yesterday. Yeah. They've known each other no, a while. Uh, but yeah. also now we're in a classroom. Now this is the classroom as Luke Nina's brother weighs up the pros and cons of taking MDMA. Mm -hmm. One mm -hmm. of them is also that he might become impotent, which Jip uh, is, you know, Jip sort of has an answer to all of the points. Like it's going to maybe kill you. And he goes, yeah, you're more likely to die from being like, struck yeah. by lightning, mate. You're yeah, not afraid yeah, of rain. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think this is a really important scene because it gives you the both sides of the argument type of job. So, you know, we sort of had this stern older man teacher sort of um, speaking most non-persuasively about it. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of, uh, that Reagan era type, you know, um, but it's also sermon from on high, which I don't know if you've ever been 20, but, uh, that doesn't work for a 20 year old. 
No, it doesn't. And it also, it, they, so they obviously put it again very bluntly. It's, it's not about being uh, being subtle in this film. It's very, it just, it, yeah, it's a sledgehammer to the face is what it is. So this old guy, you know, stern telling you that you're going to die if you take these drugs, you know, very much the sort of the way the world would look at these people and the way, way that the culture was. And in mm-hmm. 1999, these older people, you know, would look down and say that you're going to die if you take these drugs, you're going to do this, you know, basically scare tactics. Um, But the point of this movie was to say, you know, yeah, but you could be more, you could, you could be just as easily killed by a donkey. You know, there's the same amount of chance, you know, don't scaremonger. Hmm. And then another one is, I I can't remember what the other one is, but he just, but he has a, a counter to that as well. But then the funny part is, is that the third question is, you know, it will make you impotent and, and of course, like there's then there's just silence from him, and he just lights a cigarette, and he doesn't talk because he's got obviously he's, he's got, got the case of Mr. Floppies. He's got nothing at that point because he's like, yeah, he's okay, fine, nothing. that one, all right, that might yeah. happen. Okay, okay. I, yeah, I mean, okay, so yeah, maybe the drugs have you know done that a little bit, you know? Okay, I, I'll yeah, but he doesn't say anything. Point it's quite funny. Con- like he he silently concedes the point, right? But this is also where yeah, this, this is also where yeah. I decided scene by scene is not going to work here because uh, is Jip actually here in Luke's head or is he does Luke know that Jip is having some trouble in that area and he's part of Luke's imaginings or like it, who's, it, whose mind it, are we looking into? Maybe both. Right, Maybe so, they had a conversation. I don't think it's anyone's mind, buddy. I think this this is completely taken out. This is just fantasy land, story. right? This is fantasy land. So basically they've used this fantasy land to show you the two, two sides of the argument. Yeah. So we've, we're, we're shown by the teacher, but then we're shown the, the counter argument by mm-hmm, Jip, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. very much, you know, prescribes to Bill Hicks and, and you know what I mean? And, yeah, and has yeah, that yeah. viewpoint. And so that's why, um, that's why it's Jip who does it. But this is I also, think. sorry, but this is also a change in how we've done the soup, like the imagination land scenes up till this point, because the imagination land scenes before where we are now looking into the perception and mind of Coop or of Nina or of, mm-hmm. Uh, Jip or yeah. one of our point of view characters. Yeah. And this time we're having a complete yeah. sort of fictional mm-hmm. conversation almost. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And it very much um, is in the keeping of sort of fantasy of, of this world and, mm. and escapism and you know what I mean? So it, yeah, it speaks to that as well. But we're even beyond hyper real. We're like other real, mm-hmm. which is kind of neat and yeah. kind of also like, okay, this is now just a trip. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but it also it could show that maybe it is um is you know, what's his little brother called again? Uh, Luke. Um Luke, right. So Luke it could show you that as Luke has grown up and now he has to make a decision, he's in a fork in the road, if you like. Mm. And so one fork is that teacher telling you that it's bad and gonna kill you, and the other the other fork in the road is you know, is the counterculture telling you that these are scare tactics. You you don't need to be so frightened. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a bad person by doing this, you know. So it's maybe just a conversation that he's having in his own mind, the wrestling with the idea, you know, with these ideas and what, where, which lane should I go down? Which mm-hmm. road should I go down? You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 It's just the part where he seemed to, if it's just in Luke's mind, then he's somehow aware of the Mr. Floppy situation from Jip. And I don't know if Jip would have told Nina's little brother. You see what I mean? No. Well, that's the The thing is, yeah. though, none of you, none of it's really grounded in reality. And I think, I think you're looking 
for it to be massively in reality I and am everything desperately is seeking objective reality yes yeah, so again you, you at this really point are. i was like you know what that's fine objective reality yeah, you, is a lie i understand yeah, now that's so fine you, you can't really look at this film like that because it will take certain scenes or or, or a certain thing um but this, it might not not necessarily what's actually happened in the film it also seems so, like a whole series of just impressions of what is happening even if it's not the direct yeah. imagination of a character it's maybe the imagination of the culture or yeah. the personification yeah. of the scene yeah. or of or maybe it's your own imagination maybe, maybe you're yeah. the one who's tripping or maybe you're you more or maybe there's a, a situation going on in that club and then another it's another person's point of view a random person in the club maybe it could be anybody do you know this what i mean it. It doesn't yeah. really it's real vague anything. and i like it it's sort of mm. It's just out there. So Jip uh, and a random stranger dude have a, just an awkward conversation at the bar where, again, they go into here's what it would look like if it were more honest. You know, I don't really I don't really like you. I mean, yeah. I don't dislike you, but eh. yes. Yeah. Why do we keep talking? Yeah, because we really don't like each other. Exactly. And so so what they'll do is they'll do the normal scene with this with, with Jip and this guy where they just the sort normal, of go, oh, in reality. all right, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That normal sort of small talk bullshit. And then, of course, Jip will say, oh, I wonder what would happen if we reimagined that. And then, of course, the scene has happened again. Um, fucking but of course, bullshit that we made eye contact, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Fucking, I wish I didn't fucking see you. Now I have to fucking talk to you. you know what I mean? Because I'm not um, going to be impolite to you. I don't dislike you. We made yeah. eye contact. I'm going to say hello, but fuck. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, he sort of walks off and goes, uh, oh, you know, I hope I don't fucking bump into you in the club later. And he's like, God, I hope not too. You know, I hope you die. And he hope goes, you die. Too. Later. Bye. <laughs> you too. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Which is so, so it's, it's so lovely. Then, uh, yeah, it's such a, it's such a then Moff recounts the story of that time he got wasted and called a phone sex line, then spent an hour talking about his life and his yeah, dreams. Yeah, that was absolutely hilarious. And yeah, uses because he's the got phone no sex lady as a therapist. <laughs> yeah. But it's important to sh to show that he literally has no outlet. He has yeah. no one to talk to about all of this bullshit. You Certainly know, not his dad, because 45 pounds no, later, his dad is not super impressed yeah. and yells at him for not having a job. Yeah, yeah. And he's he basically just, and, and, you know, it's important to say that, yeah, Moff is actually almost smart in this situation because he doesn't want to go into that that world he doesn't want this reality world he doesn't want it he sees how miserable people actually are he doesn't want to go he doesn't want to go down that route he doesn't mm. he's, he says i'm not ready to be that miserable and which is really, also really one of my favorite it. lines in the movie i will say because that's like yeah. he's afraid and he has good reason to be yeah. or at least he believes yeah. that he has good reason to be yeah, exactly. And he sees his look, looks at his parents and looks at the adults around him and he goes, my God, I don't want to be like them. You know, Which is weird, I given really that don't. he seems to have a, a nice loving family, though they're not good mm -hmm. at expressing it and a nice house to live in. Uh, yeah, it's a nice house and it's there's sort of that that nice house, but they're absolutely clueless. These yeah. these these parents and these people are literally clueless. They are the same people who say these druggies are, are mm you know nobody and you know oh it's their parents that have that have done this not mm. seeing of course the massive irony that 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 you know they themselves are the people that have made you know moff also be this way you mm. know because 
he doesn't want to he doesn't want to be like them and it, it's stifled he can't talk to them mm. it's not like they're very um uh, warm. they're not, uh, they're not you know, super open people no they're not they're, they're hidden they're high they don't they don't they're, they're just full of bitterness you know he, he just looks up above his newspaper at them he doesn't really engage do you know what i mean mm. so later on we get know, that scene at the table yeah for sure yeah yeah exactly so uh though Jip's answer is you need your own flat just get another flat it's a piece of piss do it and uh as speaking as a Londoner in current year that feels weird to hear yeah it was a lot easier back in 1999 yeah um, yeah, yeah maybe in I've Cardiff in 99 it was a bit easier yeah so I grew up in council estates and other council type houses um and it was a lot easier. My mum was a single mum, and so it was a lot easier back then to mm-hmm. um, be. But it was still tough. It was still. It wasn't. It wasn't very easy. It certainly wasn't very easy. You'd have to go on the list, you know, and everything, and then you'd wait a few years. Um, but easier than it is now, so. Uh, yeah, slightly easier than it is now. Yeah, now I, I, it's, it's a lot more difficult. Mm, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep. Yeah, well, that's life for you. Fortunately, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. <laughs> fortunately, Jip has uh, gone to the trouble of rewriting the national anthem for you. He doesn't. It's a belter. Yeah, I don't have any specific notes on it other than like, yep, he, that's a thing he does, and then decides not to. But like, oh, he that's gets... a shame because you look. You should have looked into that a bit more deeply because that song is a really, it's really, really interesting how they've changed it. I One... anticipated that you would have notes on this. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't really have notes on it. I oh, just okay. know it. You know. Um, but um, it's because the the national anthem is something that obviously is, um, you know, part of sort of English world and all this sort of normal and national anthem and everything should be, you know, uptight and, and correct and, and everything. And, and they just don't relate to that. They really don't relate to this, you know, God save the queen. We don't even know whether we believe in God. You know what I mean? And who's mm. the bloody queen? I don't know her. So it's a really interesting look at, you know, again, the, it's very much a, a film of contrasts, which I really, really like. Um, heavy handed, but I quite like it for that reason. I don't know about heavy handed. Um, it's certainly on the nose. Like it's not trying to be subtle about any of these points. It's no, saying no, here is the point and we're going to represent it visually in a clever way. Well, we're going to we're going yeah, to yeah. visually represent it in a real clever way. Right. Or we're going to take an institution like the National Anthem and we're going to alter it to say what we want it to say. And yeah, that's yeah, maybe heavy handed. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But I think we're saying the same thing in different words. We are saying the same thing, darling. Yes. But, you know, you can say it your way if you want. If yours sounds better to you. I think I was I think I was trying to explore it further and then realized, no, yeah, you pretty much had it spot on. I have added nothing to this. That's okay. Okay, it's all right, dude. Um, but yeah, so um, it's a social commentary. Obviously, um, it's um, saying that you know we don't understand the world. Why is everyone? You know, it's the theme of this film is very much alienation as well as sort of nineteen nineties counterculture. Hmm. Um, but the sort of the togetherness that that also brings. Um, I think I think Chip says something like we're all fucked up in our own way, you know, but, you know, we're doing it together. Mm. And that's the point. It is, a, um, you know, that bonding over drugs and that bonding over that counterculture was extremely important for survival for these people. Mm. Yeah, I could definitely see um, that. So, yeah. mm. so mm. Uh, then unless you have more on the national anthem, we'll move on. No, to no, no, the... no, no, no. Go on, go on. We'll, Absolutely. Uh, now it's time to go down the club where, uh, 
Also, there's just this lone breakdancer in an alley somewhere just doing his thing. Yeah, because, you know... And he's real good. Yeah, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a baby from the 90s, do you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. that's going to happen. But there's also a theme going on where a lot of the stuff that's happening is... Uh, call it Black American culture or hip-hop culture, right? Which has sort of been imported into the UK, which these young people are more attached to than whatever is supposed to be their own English culture, right? Mm. Though, granted, also, jungle is not really an American thing. There is UK hip-hop and there is UK stuff. I don't mean to throw shade at that, but just to say that the hip-hop that's been introduced so far was East Coast US, right? Yes, that's so right. So the question for this hip-hop head was not was not UK or US. It was West Coast US or East Coast US. Oh, East Coast. Absolutely. Yeah. Those were your choices. Yeah. So absolutely. that kind of infiltration, infiltration is an aggressive word, but you understand my meaning. The sort I of do. influx of American culture that young people felt more attached to than their own. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think because it was a more extreme version, I think because mm. America does everything to extremes, right? So um, well, you want to talk about view, alienation right? and, uh, you know, the, the authorities yeah, exactly. above me don't uh, don't quite yeah. understand my issues. If you're a black yeah. American, that seems quite. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not mm. black, so I don't want to speak to it too much. But from what I can understand, that's pretty much uh, that's an understatement. Yeah, 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 exactly. exactly Remember that right. 400 yeah. years where we owned you literally? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Now we're making um, music and you're copying us and you're taking our shit again. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens. Certainly because what happened. we are assholes. Yeah, we steal everything. We steal everything. Um, but, you know, yeah, what can you do with that? Well, what do you do with that information? I can tell you what Lulu can't do is go into the club because Moff has forgotten the ticket that he picked yeah. up for her. And like yeah. that was a whole phone conversation, phone tree mm -hmm. thing where mm -hmm. Jip went like crazy out of his way to convince Lulu to come to the club tonight. But yeah. uh, Jip decides to blag his way in. So first question, are there yeah. no scalpers? Like there's got to be oh. a couple of scalpers. So you couldn't just I mean, find you, somebody selling I mean, a ticket? Yeah, you'd think so, but the, I think the point of the the scene is is that they were daring, they were bold. Oh yeah, you know they 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 would do anything for this thing, and it's really it's actually very um, it it really spoke to me this scene as well because of my my youth and and growing up as well is that mm. you know EU dares Rodney, do you know what I mean? And he actually uses that that phrase because that was very much our um our world you know what i mean mm. well you know if you don't, don't go out you know grow some balls and do something that you wouldn't normally do do you mm -hmm. know what i mean to mm -hmm. do it have the bollocks to go in there and do it you know what i mean and that was very much um and if something goes wrong you know was it nina she says oh what a, what anti-climax do you know what i mean and yeah. that was often said in the 90s as well um and still now i suppose but um mostly when things but, are you know, an anticlimactic feel yeah mm. Mm, mm. But it was very much said then. If anything went wrong, it was an anticlimax. You know what I, I mean? guess that's anything. right. I do that's, remember that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and especially when you're out on the on the town and the club and stuff like that, you don't want anything bad to happen because it ruins the fantasy that you're trying to mm. invoke. It ruins it, and so because you because then you're getting slap bang into reality again, and that's not what they want. So, um, so yeah, he's we, like, so Jip's like, stuff this. Yeah. I'm not going to turn this into a bad night. I'm going in. Yeah. You know? So, uh, 
as former industry yourself, the bouncer just like lets the guy in because he claims he's from a magazine. And he's like, no, I've got an appointment. Yeah, I mean, back in the 90s, again, this would have been a lot easier to do, I think. Yeah, maybe. Um, Also, it's not London, so maybe the scene is different. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've got to take consideration probably of quite a few factors. But also, if you have the bollocks to do that, I think a lot of the bouncers, you know, you you, you know, bounce... (laughs) Just Not like all bounces, just for very, fun. Very, very, just for fun, yeah. I imagine they'll be like, "All right, let's see how this plays out." Well, exactly, because you never know. And of course, he would be—he'd take him in as well. The bouncer takes him in to the guy, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not like he, he couldn't. You know what I mean? All right, see uh, you later. Enjoy the club. Yes. It's, so he takes. So he takes the boat to to Pablo. Who, by the way, um, why don't I kept saying Pablo Escobar? It's not Pablo Escobar. Pablo. S- oh, what is his bloody name? I think I only remember the club Pablo. Owner. Yeah, the club owner. I can't remember, but Pablo that's actually uh, yeah. That that's actually a uh, a very very famous DJ that I can't remember the name. Of. Oh, the really the guy sorry. who plays Pablo is. Yeah, um, he's an actual. Um, oh, okay. I don't really. It's not my scene. I didn't know to recognize, but yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah. So he is. Yeah. So he's. Um, so he plays the. There's quite a few sort of cameos and stuff, but he's one of the cameos huh. and he plays the, the, the Pablo dude. Yeah. So Jip uh, somehow manages to blag his way in. So I'm like, oh, no, my secretary called. And they do the same super wide in the meeting. And suddenly yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. in the room is crowding around him. Yeah, literally Not, right next to him because that's what yeah. he feels like. Just breathing you know? into his ears, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's because uncomfortable. It's, um, yeah, massively. But again, it really reminded me of my sort of of my youth and and what I would have done, and I would have done that. I mean, that's entirely what I would have done. Is this I mean, the club back in the day? Is this the club uh, version of saying, "Let me speak to your manager"? Well, is this not is really. this the club, Karen? I mean, not really, because it's a whole different thing. But. Um, why are you not letting me in? I am Karen. Let me in. <laughs> could you imagine if you could say that? It'd be hilarious. Um, no, but he's, yeah, but his attitude and the way he's like, no, I'm going to do this thing is was very much me when I was growing mm. up. I was the person to to sort of just step you know, up just and go grow like, no, 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 this is what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. I was very much that guy. So it seems, it, it, it seems unbelievable, but it's actually not unbelievable at all i i probably would have done exactly the same thing okay neat mm. uh, it seemed to me quite fanciful but then uh i don't really understand the scene but it so, would be yeah it would be it would be to you again two different worlds baby oh, yeah. that's uh, literally that's you understand that i don't understand this world or movie and that's oh, why totally. i'm so happy about this because i'm totally, like i get totally. to learn sweet yeah, absolutely. You get to learn a new a, a new world, you know, a new thing. It is super interesting um, because it still feels yeah. to me like I'm looking in on something that I wasn't a part of, but it's kind of neat to watch the party yeah. happen. You know what I mean? But it's like, as I said before, it's a pseudo documentary, so you can watch it like an anthropological sort of study, if you like. You know what I mean? You can Which look at it in all sorts of ways. A great seg into Jeremy Factsman, who is here to inform oh, us yeah. of how the club scene business works. Yes, indeed. And he's a great character. He's so, so why good. don't you, you, you talk about the character? You tell him what he does because it's really funny. Go so on. you he, can do it better. I don't have the exact lines as the thing noted down, but he does sort of say, uh, well, the way that this works is the. Yeah. I, for, I like forget the way that it guy, works. Isn't he? 
so the welcome to the news. Uh, this is a yeah. special report from the club. So yes. we are here at the club where the business is generally done by the bouncers. Any uh, outside dealers who are coming in with their stuff, they get thrown out of the club. But he's using, like, actual slang, which is interspersed into this newscaster voice. This this actor is fabulous. And then he just sort of ends his report and starts dancing, which makes me think, like, maybe maybe the camera's not even there. Maybe he just showed up to the club and is so off his tits that he started reporting from the club floor. Maybe, maybe, who knows? But um, it's not supposed to be set up like it's supposed to be set up like a uh, like as a, a re envisioning of, of of what these guys are. So he would, so he's like this news guy. Imagine just putting a news dude and stick him in in the middle of the club oh, and yeah. get him to report on what he's seeing and everything. Oh, they used and, to do that. There are they. There are yeah. footage from like the BBC reporting on like, well, this is what oh, the clubs look yeah. like now, and. Uh, now yeah. they're playing a song that's called, uh, well, I don't know. When did the song change? Did you notice the song change? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, um, so yeah. But uh, of course then, because, you know, he's still, the music in the club is still going on as he's talking. And, you know, everyone's sort of going mad around him and really enjoying themselves and letting loose and just really happy. And the music's pumping. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And he starts getting into it even more and more and more until he's just like full on just partying his arse off nice. um, in his suit. And it's just uh, it's a great scene. I love that. I think we need to normalize clubbing in a suit. Why not? That's why, why don't you make it a trend? Start it. Start it today. I am not a trendsetter. And you know that. <laughs> Fair. So we now have a seemingly unrelated film crew interviewing Nina and Lulu who completely take the piss. Like, oh yeah, we oh, used yeah. to take heroin before we'd come out to the club, but we don't yeah, do that anymore because we watched a different movie and that movie told us to take a different thing and that's what we take yeah, now. We're exactly. just so impressionable. Yeah, just taking the piss out of the establishment and what they say that they are. So they're completely just saying... Well, you know what? You're gonna you're gonna make out that we there's some sort of you know nutter druggies that you know don't have any responsibility or whatever, and so they're automatically taking the piss out of them before they even stop because they know what these people are and what they're going to say about them, and so what they do is they just absolutely exaggerate the hell out of it. Um, oh yeah, they're clearly lying to the film crew, and the the film lady oh, yeah, my- at the end is sort of like fucking piss takers. All right, fucking piss takers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to her credit, um, she gets that they're taking the piss. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To her credit. Yeah. Absolutely. But um. But yeah. But you you see why they're saying this because they're like, well, the, everybody's already demonized us. So let's just like let's you, just say we take heroin and hi mom. Yeah, you already know what you're going to report. So why do you need me? Right. <laughs> so why don't we you do know. it? Why don't we just say that we just take heroin and we float around the club and we're just so impressionable? You know, we just watch this one thing because that's also that was always the argument. Wasn't oh yeah. It? You remember when hip hop and like you remember when heavy metal was going to turn people into into literally the devil? You remember oh, yes, when yes, playing a record backwards was going to turn people into murderers? Yeah, 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 I do remember that. You very remember well, when yeah. violent video games were supposed to be the thing that make everybody super violent? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, I turned you remember, into a mass murderer. You remember yeah, when you? novels were going <laughs> to corrupt the youth? Oh, yes, that catcher in the vi. Oh, we're talking Victorian times. They thought, oh, young people shouldn't be reading novels. 
And now you can. Yeah, no, some. Yeah, they did actually, didn't they? Some legitimately. Of them. So it's every fucking generation is the same especially way, especially women. Fucking way. Especially women. Well, of course, because women are baby machines, right? That's the main this, thing that they are. Well, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, apparently we have we have no sort of human thoughts of our own. But uh, yeah, I'll trade so three of them for one of yours. You got real good yeah. ones. <laughs> How many babies has that one had already? Oh, that's too many babies. I want one that's had fewer than that babies. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> oh, just... and I'm babyless and at 35. Oh dear. God. Oh, you're you're me. such a spinster, of course. <laughs> you know all that wool you spin all the time? I thought about getting a, a, a thingy, a, whatever they call it, a loom thing, and then I thought, oh uh, God, I don't want to do it yet. Yeah. Hey, remember when this club was another similar club? This is the conversation uh, yeah. that Buddy, who doesn't like or dislike each other with Jip, is having with random lady on the couch. Yeah, um, basically they're a bit older, and there's this there's this sort of commentary on the older clubbers, now they're getting a bit older, they're actually just pissed off now, and that... Oh, yeah. Um, they don't have that youth, and they have that cynicism, and they have that sort of... They've grown up, they, they're far too old to be in the club now, you know, this was supposed to be... Um, a younger thing and of course they're still doing it and they're sort of you know they're, they're having a good old bitch session on the couch mm. saying how oh it's not like it used to be it's not like it used to be and you know and people are just so uptight not realizing that they're actually the ones that the uptight ones do you know what I mean mm. they're the ones actually that are really pissed off they're the ones actually not engaging with what the what the what this world is anymore they're mm. not in it anymore so um, yeah, you definitely real. got a lot of those people. I've met a lot of those people too. Yeah, I think that's the same in a lot of scenes, right? Though uh, coming from heavy metal, you show up to a lot of shows and there are sometimes just like the old gray beards who are hanging out. Because oh, yeah, but they're not. Yeah, but they don't the bitch in the corner. They don't bitch in the corner. They're in it, right? And everybody knows to respect the gray beard, right? Absolutely. So, like, it's a it's a different scene in a lot of ways because I think maybe heavy metal is uh, I don't want to say ageless in the same way, but like it does. You can engage with a metal show by standing at the back. You don't get into the pit, right? Whereas yeah, yeah, the whole absolutely. club is in effect the pit, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, cut to Jip and Lulu having a heart to heart in an inexplicably quiet part of the club. Hmm. Yeah, but I, it gives us sort of – there is quite a bit of a club. I mean, for instance, like in Brixton Academy, upstairs is more of, you know, seated areas and yeah, stuff like that. True, yeah. So, yeah, so you can get a slightly quieter um, – I mean, not by much, to be honest, but because they're so close, but also for the sake of – you know the film oh I mean, yeah you we don't need, want to be we still need to listen to dialogue we, yeah of course we still need to be able to listen to them so you'll have the club music very low in the background but then they'll obviously be have that same um, conversation but in the tone of like hey so listen i was thinking about yeah so yeah, i don't yeah. know if you want to go to the uh what are you doing next saturday <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the most romantic well, i can't it? get an erection yeah you don't really want to scream just, that do you? right yeah and have all the people around you just like i, I imagine the needle scratch stop and everybody just yeah, exactly. looks at him i was exactly. expecting that to happen so full credit to the filmmakers they didn't do that they held back yeah they did yeah so uh so where are we now so now we're at one of the, I think one of the best shot scenes in the film where Jip and Nina sort of uh, share and walk through Jip's memory 
uh, of mm-hmm. him in a romantic encounter together. Because, mm-hmm. like, the memory is happening, but Jip and Lulu are also sort of separately there watching it happen and going, oh, no, like, this is the real bad bit. Check this out. Yeah, so they're sharing a memory. Which is exactly how this kind of deep conversation feels to have, isn't it? Like, I'm going to invite you into this whole scene into this that thing I've built in my mind. Happened. It's yeah, it's brilliant, absolutely. isn't it? We're talking it's over each brilliant. other, but saying the same thing. So I'm leaving that part yes. into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just aggressively agreeing with one another here. I love this scene so much. Just the blocking was excellent, wasn't it? The blocking? Oh, uh, how the characters move about the scene. Uh, it's like how the, the movements are choreographed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's, def- that's throughout the movie, I would oh, argue. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Particularly yeah. here is where I noticed it, and I was like, this took some planning. Yeah, it did. Definitely did, yeah. The the the, the movie is smart for that, for that reason. Um, for the angles and the way that they've used it and the way that they've shifted, mm. you know, reality. It's real so unusual it. in a lot of ways, but they mm. don't break the rules that you really shouldn't break. They only break the rules that are pointless, right? Yeah, yeah, which is a sign of, you know, improvement in my eyes. These are good filmmakers. Um, like, I, just from a yeah. filmmaking perspective, I'm like, okay, they, these guys knew what they were doing. This is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. Um, so we carry on on our tour. Yep. So this, uh, this is what one of the lines that she has is like, uh, "We're not robots. There's no rules to sex." And all I could think yeah. is like, "There's, there's like a couple of rules, but yeah, there's, <laughs> there's not that well, many rules to sex." Well, yeah. After I those mean, first couple, you're like, "Okay, those ones were, are obvious," and after that, yeah, there's not a lot more rules. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to establish a couple of things first, but yeah, um, yeah, no, you you, you are right. But <laughs> but I get but what she's, she's saying, but at the same time, yeah. I have uh, I have that sort of call it quasi-legal mind where I'm like, ooh, actually, I, I wonder, yeah. is it no rules? No, yeah, no. there's one at least. I think when it comes to, I think, I think she means if you're already having sex or oh, yeah. if there's sex is definitely happening. She's assuming a, all parties are into it. There's no coercion. She's assuming well, exactly. all of the preliminary yeah. stuff and the checking in is happening. Yeah, and then she's like, in. at that point, no further rules. You do whatever the yeah. both of you want. Yeah, yeah. But she's making the point that, you know, humans are not robots and that, you know, we need to understand each other and um, be a little kind, you know, because mm. the woman that he did go with that was just just awful to her, just awful to him, just wasn't very nice at all. Um and which gave him that complex, you know, as well in the first place. So it gives you that um, she she's just telling him, you don't need to worry. You know, we're not robots. Mm. It's OK. You know, you don't have to go for, you know, 15 minutes now and then 30 minutes on this and then two minutes on that. You know, there is there is no rules on that. You know, you've got to go with the flow. There's no convention schedule here, right? No. The talk does not begin at two o'clock. It begins whenever the fuck you decide it begins. Exactly. So uh, more blurry, slowed down club footage and then sort of like a montage, I guess, of what it's like to take ecstasy in this sort of weird stylistic club jumping up and down rhythmic, almost music video like, which I quite like. Yeah, massively. Yeah. Um, Which, well, it's supposed to be an immersive sort of thing. So you're supposed to be in it as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's a documentary that you're in. Well, so, 
I do, documentary in the sense that it's documenting the emotional side of this type of experience, maybe, rather than mm-hmm. what your typical documentary would document, which is here are the events yeah. as they occurred and the factual well, nature exactly. of them. Well, exactly, which is why I said earlier it's a pseudo documentary. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to give you that feel, but obviously it isn't, you know, that. Meanwhile, Coop is blinded by a jealousy. Yes, he is. Yes, as he often is. He um, does not so- want uh, Moff looking at Nina. Because then, no. if he looks at Nina, he might... Well, he's not clear on what exact threat he's worried about, except that he's worried that she might sleep with other men. So... Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, all we've seen so far is that Nina's crazy about him. I, I don't think that's a real thing, but he yells at no, Moff. No, no, of course not. He yells yeah, yeah, yeah. at Moff about, like, don't look at her. And Moff, quite reasonably, is like, yeah. oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Looking is yeah. fine. I don't want to do a damn thing. She's yours and I respect yeah. you and we're friends. Why the hell would I do that? Yeah, yeah, massively, yeah. You think I would endanger our friendship because, no, like, she's great. And, yeah, I'm kind of jealous of you yeah. and what you have. But you're <laughs> now putting that in danger and you're an idiot. <laughs> and Moff yeah, seems to understand this better than Coop does. Yeah, um... But it is, I think it is all going on in his head, though. It's not oh, real. Yeah. No, of course not. But yeah. the jealousy is, by definition, I think, all in the, the all person's in head. All in the person's head. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, look, Luke's made some new friends. It's the it's the Jungle Brothers from before and also some random girl. Yeah. Yeah, random girl. He's snogging some random person because obviously ecstasy makes you incredibly horny as well. So everybody's just getting off with each other. He yeah. goes off with these. Um, with as his these, sister uh, puts it, dodgy fuckers. Dodgy fuckers, yeah, yeah, which they are, and you'd always say that they were a bunch of dodgy fuckers. You'd you'd always get you'd always yep. get that group. Yep. So everybody's. Uh, off... I was usually in that group. Oh yeah, where you were the dodgy man. <laughs> I mean, I was one of them. I was certainly one of them. Um, no, I just yeah. Well, enough about me. So see, everybody is off to the party. Everybody's off to the party after the club, and Jip yeah. is Jip's just going to drive, eh? Yeah, again, in 1999, you know, they didn't drink. They were taking ecstasy. He was, took a shot earlier. Uh, yeah, one shot. Yeah, fair. Still, I mean, I I don't think I'm out of line by saying that's a dumb idea and it's possible they crash, but okay. Well, yeah, well, that would overtake anything that you, yeah, because that's, you know, that's how you see things. And I, like, it's, I don't want that, people to die. To... That's what I don't want. People to die from no, driving but... under the influence of bullshit. I know, but I know, darling, I know we wouldn't do that now, but you've got to remember that this is 1999. It was, um, it was quite a while ago. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah. it wasn't really that long that people even had seatbelts. So you've got to realize that this was a different time. And also that, um, they don't drink alcohol. I mean, he doesn't cause he's driving. He doesn't drink any alcohol. So he'll have a bit of ecstasy, but that's it, you know? So, um, and indeed, even then, I don't even know whether that was particularly even a thing. As in, like, if you got stopped, you, as long as you're not drunk, you know what I mean? Because they couldn't yeah, test I guess for I don't that. Know. So, I guess I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, so it's just one of those things. Yeah, I mean, not. I mean, I wouldn't recommend you taking ecstasy and going for a drive. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but you know, but 
yeah, we got to remember it's the times as well. Yeah, maybe it's a time thing. Maybe I'm just looking at it with current perspective, but uh, yeah, I, I guess that's also... It? Oh, God, no, darling, you can't look at this film with current perspective because there'll be a lot of things that don't make sense. Rachel, I don't have another perspective. That's why you're here. <laughs> you are my perspective, so thank you. Yeah, so, that's all right. But uh, yeah, Coop is still... Uh, they arrive at this uh, house party and they get, I guess they hired a DJ. And also this is a beautiful, enormous house. It, it is nice. Yeah, it is. Um, I haven't quite worked out. This is like a stately home. Yeah, it is like a stately home. And I'm not quite sure how it's happened. But, you know, sometimes you would get certain people that had big houses that we would all go to. Hmm. Um, and I suppose this is just or like a, a Welsh version DJ. of it. Or like a famous yeah. DJ sold a bunch of records yeah, and bought themselves exactly. a place. So think, uh... Exactly. It's probably a famous DJ, something like that. And they bring everybody else from the club back. Mm. Um, but again, that, that's not my experience in London. So because it, we don't do big mansions like that down mm. in London. So I don't. I, I didn't have anything like that. But uh. we'd have similar things on a smaller scale. Yeah. So Coop is still far too jealous for his own good, but like dangerously controlling jealous now and suddenly i'm starting to really lose some of the goodwill i had for him earlier because he's like super angry at nina and tells her so and like yells in her face as she's trying to be nice to him but like they went out to the club with the express purpose of taking a drug which famously causes people to hug each other and then he's mad at her because she touched a dude in a, non in a non-sexual yeah. way yeah, it's a bit crazy, but then again, they're all sort of losing the plot in one way or another, and this is this is the way that he's sort of losing the plot. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's you know? right. Eh? Mm. Though I guess, like, her, to me, it's just her love language is uh, touch, which, like, you you will end up touching people because that's the way that you express yeah. kindness and fondness, yeah. right? It's not. I a do that a lot. Thing. I do that a lot. I do that mm. a lot. It's mm. it's it's um it's like a friendly thing, but also just because of the bar world, my sort of professional bar days um you would be very very expressive mm. and the more expressive you were the more you would get you know I what i mean see. so yeah. in terms of you'd get more uh, tips or more people would like you or you just seem like a very approachable person which uh. of course is what you needed needed in that profession so i've learned to be quite tactile so there's um, both an, like I, a natural inclination and also you, this yeah. is a learned behavior in a way too. So yeah, it's for some both. People. It's yeah, yeah, it's absolutely both. I mean, I've always huh. been quite friendly, but but it is something that's trained into me now. But I do actually have to now try and deconstruct that because a lot of people don't like it. They don't like being touched or they don't like people being near them. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, in their personal space or they don't like being touched on the arm, for instance, or something oh, like yeah. that. So yeah, I've yeah, got to yeah. be really, really careful now that – because I'm not in that world anymore and mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. randomly hugging people is not what you do. You know what I mean? It's just really not. We definitely Whereas need in to that go world, to Canada because in Canada yeah, it's perfectly fine to hug people. Oh, great. Well, that's good. Again, another reason to visit Canada. Yay, Canada. So <laughs> cut to Moff having a conversation with some random at the party about how Star Wars is definitely about drug culture. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And this is a really funny scene because so if I could tell you how many times I've had this conversation. Like this um, exact conversation. Not this exact conversation. Line but for line. It would be very, very similar. Or you'll get this a lot in sort of after parties or people that are like rushing and like 
you know, on drugs or whatever. Mm. And they, your mind, of course, is, is being activated. It's bursting with not only energy, but ideas. And because you, your ego gets um, pushed down, you know, and, 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 and the things flow from that. Ideas flow from that because mm. you're not inhibited anymore. So a lot of the times you'll find that people, even strangers, will meet um, whilst they're both on drugs or whatever, and then they would be like having really deep conversations and feeling like they were literally putting the world to rights, you know, and we understand what it's like. It's all those people that are nuts and we don't understand why things are like this. And yeah, so you you put the world to rights. You know, you have that druggy conversation with a stranger at 3 a.m. in somebody's house and you don't even know where you are. And, you know, and this dude offers you a line. And so, you you know, you have a line, you have a conversation, you start talking about, you know, deep stuff. And mm-hmm. then one of you might have a sort of revelation and the other guy's like, wow, man, you know. Yeah. So it was, it, it was, it really spoke to me, that scene. It was really, really funny. And a lot of people who have been in this world, really recognize that because they've all done it we've all oh i recognize it just from just from drinking right like have uh have far too many beers and a couple of shots and then suddenly you're like you know what we should do is discuss politics yeah yeah exactly which is just the wrong thing you should totally do but anyway yeah but it's it's one of those funny scenes it is Um, great though because what they really want to say is like oh my god star wars i just had this idea the other day i wasn't able to flesh it out because i know had no one to talk to but here you are and you're drunk and you're gonna listen to me and thank you yeah 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 but also sometimes it's just off the bat you know because or just you're in flow yeah yeah, you're just talking a load of bollocks because you you, you know you're you're speedy. You're feeling speedy. You're feeling chatty. You're feeling oh, yeah. you know because, alive uh, and awake. And you know, I, because I'm not sure how much I agree with their analysis of the Star Wars there when they're like, oh yeah, Jabba Jabba the Hut is definitely smoking opium, and I'm looking at it going, that's clearly a hookah pipe. It, like it's just as likely that it's something more like tobacco. because yeah. the whole it's, it's set up like a harem. Opium. It's set up yeah. like a harem and like the whole point is that it's reminiscent of like vaguely Arabic stuff and like, of, like, look, it's a hookah pipe. So yeah. hey, whatever's in it, it's, it's weird alien weed is what it is. So who knows? Maybe it is. Yeah, it could, it's it alien drug well culture. Maybe it's for you. Yeah. I think the maybe that's the I way he eats. I don't know. I don't know his physiology. Do you, do you want to know why I think they say opium? Why? Because I think that, you know, these old style opium dems. Oh, like the you know, what we the, imagine of like the 19th century Hong Kong thing. Precisely, precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would have cushions everywhere and, you know, big sort of dudes would just be lying there, you know, sort of smoking. I guess it is also and, reminiscent of that, isn't it? it? So, yeah, it's just a slightly reminiscent of that sort of feel. He gives off mm. that sort of feel that he's sort of, you know, a, a big blob on a couch, you know, smoking opium. That just, it seems more fitting for him. Does yeah, that make I mean, sense? I, that makes sense. I'm yeah. I'm rethinking my analysis now. I think I actually yeah, agree yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah. It might be something yeah. closer to that kind of a thing then. And, as opposed to a as opposed you know, to a harem yeah or like he's a part, of, part of one part of the other yeah yeah little column a little column b <laughs> uh, so but yeah this, this is i agree with you exactly how every drunk conversation goes once you've been drinking enough right and if you yeah, actually exactly. replayed the conversation then you'd be like what the fuck was i saying no yeah, i don't exactly. agree but with me course, fuck that guy yeah, yeah exactly but also the other person that you're talking to might have might have 
thought you were talking about something else and they oh, yeah. think that's really smart but then yet yeah exactly so you might not even speak about the same thing or think of the same thing turnips totally <laughs> so it's quite funny in that way. yeah yeah totally agreed turnips are the best so yes so now we're in sort of come down mode aren't we well uh, we're almost there because they have uh jip and coop cutting some lines of cocaine in a mirror and we're watching them through the mirror so it turns mm-hmm. out coop's dad thinks that coop is two identical twins pretending to be each other that's right yeah that's uh that's extreme that's poor guy fuck yeah yeah it's also it is, slightly it funny the way he says it and i kind of feel bad for thinking it's funny but it's no also- no, no it's it's deliberate it's deliberate because it's it's that it's these conversations with your friends that you have that are really really difficult to have because they're mm. really hard reality things but so you sort of inject you know a bit what? of humor yeah, you need to, you know, you're with your friend and your friend is there to be like, I hear you, buddy. That's really shit. But you know what? Let's make a joke because I'm going to make you feel better. And so there's this beautiful relationship between the two. And Jip even says, you know, well, how do you know that he's not actually the smartest guy in the room? You know, that he's unlocked some sort of consciousness, man. And, you know, and he sort of says all this um, and, yeah, really sympathizes with him, but yeah. also tries to lift himself up. You Which know, I appreciate the early, ni- like the late 90s nod to what we'd now call neurodivergence rather than quote unquote madness. Uh, Coop's yeah, dad exactly. is clearly struggling with a severe mental illness, which is. Yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah. He's that's a little beyond. Yeah. That's a little beyond he's depressed, right? Like he literally. Oh, massively has... so. Yeah, no, no. He he is very ill. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, poor guy, um, fuck. He's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's terrible. Really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, but. You know, his friend Jip is there to sort of be there for him and and discuss these things. But and to a certain extent, if you're Jip, what the fuck else do you say? Right? Like you got to say well, something, fill the air, I guess. You know exactly. But but they also laugh it off because True. it's like, oh well, yes, isn't it? Isn't isn't life shit? Huh? Isn't that bad? Isn't that awful? And they kind of laugh like, yeah, yeah you know, it's, it's shit. You know, what are you going to do? And then of course they end it on, you know making light of the situation, making comedy out of the situation, which of course is what comedy and stand-up is all about. It's about taking tragedy or taking something absolutely banal and making it absolutely amusing. Mm, certain um, styles of it are for sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's what um and that's what they they do, you know, they they have this sort of deep conversation, but then they end this conversation by sort of pretending they're in the oh, same places as they dad. just start giggling their asses off. Yeah, they're giggling. You know what I mean. Obviously, they're they're really, really. Oh, they're, they're high really off their minds. They're they're just yeah, yeah, their yeah. Exactly, but that's why they're able to sort of turn that horrible situation into a a funny one, and to make themselves, you know, to make them feel better. So, um, uh, so Rachel. Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you something. I think the Emperor he wants to control outer space, but Yoda wants to explore inner it's, space. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that that's must sound it. super deep when you're high. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely would do. Yeah, and I've probably said something similar in my own time. You know what I mean? But um, it's all part of growing up. You oh know? yeah. Uh, I think everybody needs to have those weird half baked yeah. drunk ideas so that yeah. the next morning they yeah. can go like, "What yeah. the fuck was I saying?" Yeah, that's clear. No, 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 no. It's almost like a trial run of shit you might think. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So what's the the next scene? Well, more scenes about talk, taking drugs and having pseudo-deep conversations okay. that aren't really about the content of the conversation, but about feeling the connection of whatever you're saying is mostly yeah. where we're at now. And then it's time yeah, for absolutely. spliff politics. Yeah, my my favorite 
my the favorite time of the quote, night when everyone knows who's got a spliff and in which direction yeah. it's going. And which direction it's going to go. And this is utterly, utterly correct. Um, I believe it's Howard Marks, who is the um, guy who does the commentary on the spliff politics. Now, I believe he was a smuggler back in the back in the day, turned motivational speaker. Huh. So he was also a sort of druggy guy, you know, inverted commas. Um, and then he turned into a motivational speaker and became quite famous. Um, so that's Howard Marks. So he huh. explains um, spliff politics to us, to the audience, um, because um, because it is actually quite complicated and absolutely hilarious. And anybody who has actually, um, you know, partaken in uh, marijuana mm. will know this, will know this sort of, they didn't even know they knew spliff politics, but it turns out everybody knows that this is, this is exactly what it is um, and exactly how it goes down. You know what I mean? And so that's why it's so funny because it literally is one of those because it's so true. This is one of the because I studied actual politics at university, I look at this and I'm like, that is legitimately a fascinating political situation. Oh, it massively is. And and a lot of people who who say that they don't like politics, you know, might look at that scene and actually go. That's really fascinating. I really like. I really enjoy that. Like, I understand where the politics comes in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, well, the first um, question in yeah, politics is define politics, and depending on how you do that, you might still come up with an answer like, "I hate politics, but this doesn't count as that." So, therefore, anyway, like that's a whole separate thing. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. Thing. This this kind yeah. of uh, smaller scale interpersonal. You're still talking about group dynamics, which is in a way political. Yeah, massively. So massively, massively. It doesn't yeah. have to be about nation states. It can be about the way that groups interact no, or how so, outsiders to a group can join groups and the reluctance yeah. of groups to accept people, especially yeah, I look if at it as, um, I have to trade my resources with this person who has just sort of arrived and isn't one of us. But, you know, exactly. but you didn't pay for the exactly. weed. Exactly. Exactly. You could expand that idea and make it macro into sort of, you know, states and or whatever. Um, you can do uh, cool. doing that is frequently a little bit fraught, but yeah, in general, you can take some ideas from one to the other. But when oh, you change scale, you gotta. There's I mean, a couple life things. Life is completely do. nuanced. Oh yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Just to say, politics because it's a humanity is just. It's not like you're you're trying to count moles of calcium, right? You're no, you are not. You it, are not. And that's there's why a get, lot to it that is maybe I would even call it unobservable. But this is observable. We could be like, that's really cool. I wonder if we can take anything from this. And I love mm, split, mm. split politics so much because right at the end, the the woman just shows up and goes, all right, babe, grabs it and grabs some. And everybody's cool yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. And we're like, ah, well. And she well. goes, oh, give me a bit from that, darling. Because I've done that. I've been that girl. Do you understand me, Paul? I've been that girl. That yep. was me. I that understand was me. You. I understand what you're laying down. That was me if there's any female in this movie that would represent me it's right there it's random right there grab because, spliff girl honestly random blast yeah yeah that was that i mean yeah it was like looking into my past it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> um it really was it was just it was really strange it was just like yeah i was that girl like hey babe it's puff on that go on are you sitting there going there like go. was i in this movie i swear i was in this movie no, I literally, I was like, I don't remember being in this movie. But, maybe um, I was. Yeah, but that was. Jesus, how much was I drinking? Was, honest to God, I've probably been to a million house party things and I might have been on, on something. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not have surprised me at all. So cut anyway, to Jip yeah. and so that, Lulu. That's me. Cut to Jip and Lulu, who finally 
who finally do the kiss face kiss. Yay! Of course, you have the awkward inner dialogue of should I be doing this? Should I do this? Should oh, I yeah. not do this? Should I? I um, which I'm is pretty sure relatable. that she wants me to kiss her. And she's sitting yeah, there going, yeah. like, ah, oh, he's not going to kiss me, is he? Yeah, I'm going to have to do, to do it. it. Aren't I? Yeah, exactly. But if I get this wrong, fuck. And then in his mind, he's also going, <laughs> if I get this wrong, oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which again, the the film does such a good job of getting into people's heads that yeah. you can't help yeah. but associate yourself with this in some way. Because I think anybody has had this experience of the sort of uh, mm. "Am I reading this right?" Apart from, Better um, be careful. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, apart from Spliff Girl, I mean, the one that I would be, I mean, the character, um would have been Lulu. I mean, for me, mm. I mean, I would have been more Lulu than any of the others. I think um, Lulu was definitely more sort of my personality when I was, you know, younger, you know, mm. carefree, deep throat, a bottle just for the hell of it, just to make people laugh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I was that. Sort but also you're not going to take shit from anybody. No, absolutely not. And especially not men. No. So, you know, yeah, I felt very, um, yeah. In tune with her. Definitely. Cut quickly to Moff and a stranger. The same guy still, trying to have that same Star Wars conversation, but it's so, yeah. it's flagging yeah. and they, they just it's keep flagging. trying, bless them. Because, you know, the drugs are wearing off, you know, um, everybody's like, getting a bit tired, but a like bit Yoda, knackered though. and a bit... Yeah, like the brain, the brain is just not working properly anymore. You know, you've just been hammering it for like four hours and yeah. now you're, you know... Obi-Wan, right? Yeah, it is like, yeah, because... You know, <laughs> like, they're just, they're not, they're not saying anything at all, really. Half of it has come down and half of it is like, we have been awake for like 20 hours. 20 Jesus. hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a little bit of column B, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, meanwhile, just sorry, go making, ahead. No, sorry. I'm just saying they're not making much sense anymore. No, definitely not. So meanwhile, mm-hmm. Jip and Lulu got quick back to them and now they're trying to have sex, but Jip is haunted by the ghosts of his former almost one night stands mm-hmm. and also his mm-hmm. mother's face. Yes, because that's always a joy. You want to see your mother's face when you do, when you when you're doing that. Well, um, dude's, dude's got a lot going on in his head. He does have a lot going on in his head. And of course, she's lovely and says, you know, you're not a robot, you know, basically. You know, mm-hmm. don't it don't worry. You know, it's okay. You're not you're not you know, you're not a performing monkey. Do you know she what I mean? Is Just relax. Also, but uh, her refrain through this scene, which I have to say is one of, uh, it's such a sweet, it's not a sex scene to me. It's a love scene, right? No, it is. Yeah. I mean, it is both. Like that's the thing that is occurring. But again, the, the important part is not the act that's happening no. generally in this film, but especially here. The important yeah. part is their implied inner conversation where she's saying like, stay with me. Come on. You know what's up. Yeah, it's exactly. just me. Whatever else exactly. is going on in there is not important. Stay right here. Yeah, and he's also exactly. saying, stay with her, stay with her. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is. And it's a, it's a really cool scene. It's a great scene, but it's also a very. Uh, this is one of the best portrayals of intimacy that I've seen in film, I think. Mm. 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 I agree with you, actually. I've not really seen anything that's come close to this. Um, like, it no feels, as a viewer, like. It feels romantic and warm and fuzzy and like, oh, man, that would be so nice as opposed to, oh, shit, that's hot. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. There's nothing pornographic about this. No, 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 no. Nothing at all. It's attractive, but it's not porny. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You put it right. So meanwhile, everybody is coming down. And again, Jip is just going to drive. Hey. 
Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah. Well, I don't know whether he's been doing anything to be honest. Oh no, maybe he has. again drugs. I don't think he's Who drinking. Knows? And I think back in the day in the nineties, I think they thought that drugs were okay, but drinking wasn't. Maybe I don't know. So, this is where I don't have things. any contemporary understanding from the film's point. Yeah, of view, so. I, I have a little. I yeah. have a little, and I think if I'm thinking back to my nineties and it wouldn't in, have been it, called so, a big deal. Like nobody would have batted an eye. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have been like as long as you didn't sort of as long as you weren't drunk, mm. you would kind of been like, well, you know, be all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not saying it's right. I'm saying that's what it would have been. That's how they would have thought back yeah, then. Yeah, the, this is the contemporary attitude. Yeah. 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 So the following day, the gang is all together. And mm-hmm. Moff feels super isolated, even among his friends, who, from his perspective, just keep mm-hmm. saying the same thing super loudly mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over. So, yeah. Yeah. Hey, so he's losing touch of reality. He really is losing touch of reality. Fortunately, and here's reality there. to have a conversation with him. Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah, which is voiced by Joe Brand. Um, is that Joe Brand? I knew uh, it was familiar. Yeah, so that's Joe Brand. So she does. She plays a part of his uh, conscience or reality, and um, and she's like, "What you do?" She also, by the way, used to be a mental health nurse. Um, oh yeah, supporter. So it was quite fitting for her to do this. But yeah, she said. Um, you know, you're losing touch of reality, Moss. You know what I mean? You know, not the drugs on the head. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And it's that sort of uh, conscience, that sort of uh, voice in your head. Yeah, uh, but literally the part that's played is like, wait, reality? Is that you? And reality played by yeah. Joe Brand now is saying, yeah, it's me, reality. What yeah. the fuck yeah, are you me. doing? Where, yeah, where have you been? Where have you been? Yeah. Where have um, you been is a great line. I like that. But also this whole scene yeah. is like, the, it reminds me of early Doctor Who right with the with the effects it's just mm-hmm. him on a couch on like not even a green screen maybe yeah it's very like cheap ass bbc bodged together mm-hmm. but there's an aesthetic to that which is quite lovely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah absolutely right yeah 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 um yeah they might keep it simple but it's effective do you know what i mean yeah um, yeah i think it's great and it's uh mm-hmm. because it's reminiscent of shows people love it also has that look to it and i thought that was really yeah. interesting yeah 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 absolutely yeah um so yeah everybody's having the come down and mm-hmm. then of course that's the saturday so then we have the sunday where everybody's sort of well not quite because first moff gets home and uh he feels he feels an urge of some oh, kind. are we gonna do this we're really gonna do this okay well right. he turns on some super loud music preventing him from yeah. hearing his mother who has heard him yeah. come in and walks up with tea and some biscuits or cake or something it looks like for him quite sweetly yeah. i should say and yeah. uh you know when your son is 1920 you, you really should know to knock by that point shouldn't you you'd think so wouldn't and you? and when the music's blaring so. and you can hear it maybe knock real fucking loud yep 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 but of course, they don't give a shit, do they? Because they're these sort of parents who are like that. And, I don't know. Um, if, yeah, maybe. Or is it just that she doesn't? It doesn't occur to her, and then she walks in and goes, "Oh, right, teenage I son. I remember I, now." Shit. I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. I think they just. It really shows the sort of ignorance of parents and the ignorance of of, of you know the the world that they're in. Mm. You know, it really does. It and, really speaks to. And really bless her, she's still it. kind about it because she is bringing her son a cup of tea when he comes in from the club, which is that's super lovely. Yeah, yeah, but also could be just for spying reasons. There's also that she know. does seem surprised though, and she goes, "Oh, okay, well," and then she laughs her ass off yeah. about it, going like, "Well, that was awkward. Oh well." 
Yeah, shit. that's totally awkward. I think it was like, I think it was like having a wank in front of the mirror as well, which is just like, he, why? But also. <laughs> he put a magazine down and uh, had a wank in front of that, is what he did. Uh, okay, I see. Well, so. I didn't look into it too deeply. Oh, he just. Yeah, well, I had to watch this twice in a row, right? So, like, he grabs a magazine, throw, flips to, I guess, his favorite page, throws it down, and starts wanking. Ah, I see. So. The favorite page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Do you have any idea how hard it is to get the page right when they're normally stuck together? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> That's gross. The internet so has gross. fixed so many problems. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really has. So, Jip and Coop uh, have a conversation about how Jip was able to finally get his sexy time on. Mm-hmm. And a mm-hmm. similar conversation between Lulu and Nina about how great their mm-hmm. orgasms were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lucky bastards. Sounded like they were having a Fucking away. Time. Fucking away. She's like, I went blind for ten minutes. Like, oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. So good. Amazing. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So cut um, to I guess Sunday lunch when Moth is having yeah. uh Sunday lunch with his parents and grandmother, and Moth's mm-hmm. a bit miffed that his parents seemingly don't understand what might cause someone to prefer chemical escape to the crushing reality of their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I just got a phone call and that was fine. So now we're back. So cut to Sunday okay. where Moth is having Sunday lunch with his parents and grandmother. Moth's a bit mm-hmm. miffed. That his parents mm-hmm. seemingly don't understand what might cause someone to prefer chemical escape to the crushing reality of their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, that's basically spot on. And they don't see the 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 irony of themselves either, of like they have a druggy son. Oh yeah. But they don't I blame see the, the parents. Not I us blame though. The parents. Not yeah, us. Like, we're faultless. No, but we're great. Yeah, absolutely. And that that really speaks to that um world and that culture as well. Our son calls himself uh, Moff. He's clearly not taking drugs. No, no, exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's just see, and it doesn't he use like a remote control, doesn't he, to sort of to like points, replay their points and get angry to about it, replay their things over and over again. And I think the reason why they're doing that is the because it's like a sound bite, mm. and it's sort of reckon it's recognizing that all of these sort of things are like little sound bites or little little things that are constantly said. Mm. everywhere in the media and whatever it's all these little sound bites you know no no humility no discipline no this you know all of these sort of sound mm. bites and what moff is doing is he just keeps replaying these sound bites over and over and over again you know like bloody ridiculous mm. do you know what i mean and like you didn't you I didn't really come like to that. this opinion That's on your own this is this is not your opinion this is somebody else's opinion who you've taken you sort of you're, borrow, you're borrowing a pundit's opinion and calling it yours precisely precisely right and also that shows in the in the way that he's holding his newspaper and he says um, that he's always looking though in to be paper. fair his point is it's sad and unfortunate that this young person has died due to an ecstasy overdose which i agree is sad and unfortunate but then when the rest of the table chimes in with i blame the parents it's a lack of discipline yeah. then it's the soundbite yeah. thing it's yeah. only that original yeah. well that sucks but there also seems to be no empathy from the mm. father as he says that he's more sort of announcing it as like a moral uh lesson to the mm. table i guess mm. Mm. i think it's um it's good to say as well that he is a top ranking police officer as well yes yes um, uh superintendent so, i think they say superintendent yeah i think you're right um 
but so yeah. he's so uh, he's a straight laced yeah. dude. We think straight laced right? dude. Yeah, yeah. But also, it shows that Moff doesn't want to be him. He doesn't want to be him. He mm. looks bitter and angry, and 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 he's not a happy man. And he doesn't want that for himself. Mm. He, he sees that good job and reality and everything, and says, "I don't want that." It looks awful, mm. and he's right. <laughs> you know? In a lot of ways, <laughs> though, it does buy you a rather nice house. Well, yeah, but I mean, what what, what a, can you do with a nice house if you haven't got anything inside you to fill it? That's fair. I would normally yeah. say that's a t-shirt, but I don't think I want that on a t-shirt. I think I would just no, depress everybody around. <laughs> oh, hey, you have a graphic t-shirt with some text on it. I'm now prepared to laugh. And well, now I feel sad. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Let, let's not do that to people. So we cut to yeah. Lulu. Uh, in a similar Sunday lunch at her auntie and uncle's place, I think she says. Uh, and I quite like the yep. subtitles of this section. Oh, it's brilliant! What did you do on the t- What did you do on the weekend? Two pills and half a gram of Charlie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is yeah. Charlie, by the way? Cocaine. Dead. Charlie, yeah. Car- Charlie's cocaine. Okay, I yeah. I thought that one, so I didn't know though. Uh, no, no, no. You got it right. You got cool. it right. How did you get to the party on pure faith? On pure faith, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's, you know, absolutely accurate. Jip didn't drink before driving, did he? No, no, strictly class no, A's. Strictly class A's. Yeah, do you see what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that, you know, they don't realise that, you know, what we know now is please don't do that because it How? will impair you and you will not be able to drive. How um, is Jip, anyway? Oh, yeah, he's uh, he's really good, thanks, Mum. Yeah. He's a great <laughs> shag. A and, her great sh- shag. <laughs> and the auntie gets a subtitle going, I'm sure he is, dear. I'm sure he is, dear. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, the auntie gets it. And meanwhile, like, her oh, yeah. uncle seems to be a vicar because he's got the collar on. Yeah, yeah, And, of course, exactly. auntie's, like, so... auntie's been around, right? <laughs> oh, auntie's been around. And she can tell everything from her eyes and the way of her little sly smile. You know what I mean? She can tell everything, and it's just really, really amusing. Yeah, we like Auntie Violet. She can stay. So, cut to Jip's mum's house. Uh, he's brought her flowers uh, quite sweetly. Yay! And then uh, shots of Cardiff over oppressive music, which I guess looks kind of grim, but that also might be the music. Uh, so was Cardiff yeah. quite grim in the 90s? Was that? I mean, to be honest, well, I don't know because I wasn't there, so yeah. I can't exactly tell you. But I mean, certainly in the 90s, you would have got very, very rough areas. Hmm. Um, I mean, I grew up in a lot of rough areas, so it was very much. It wasn't actually as nice as that. They, they portray it as a bit nicer than, than actually it really is. Oh, really? But, um, but yeah, but it might have been a nice play, a nicer place in Wales. I don't know, but yeah, yeah I guess I, I don't, I, uh, I don't know that so well. But it's uh, the yeah, way it's yeah. shot and presented in the film is this is quite grim and oppressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, it's it's worse usually. So what I'm saying is, this is actually a rose tinted version of what it actually is, if you could believe that. Ugh, jeez. Because uh, we zoom in on <laughs> Moff, who's like stumbling down the street and kicking a can. Like some yeah, I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, lo- he's just losing the plot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's taken far, far, far too many drugs. He's pushed it, he's pushed it, he's pushed it, he's pushed it. Mm. And he's losing the grip of reality. And you can see, and the reason this scene is set up with, in this sort of almost violently, um, violent reality do you know what i mean oh, there's yeah. cars 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 gray gray pavements gray buildings cars 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 it's just all a bit yeah. um 
Yeah, because it. What is it like a crane shot? What do they call it when it's like? Yeah, this is a crane shot. Yeah. Well, it's it. Is could, that what it's called? Yeah, because you you literally put the camera on a crane that high up. Well, you, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's, so it's yeah. it's either a real high crane or it's like a helicopter shot, but it doesn't yeah. like you couldn't get a helicopter that low. You couldn't zone it for that. No, so that's no. I most think, likely I, I a think it's shot. a crane. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I it's sort of, zo- it is a real, it's not a zoom, it's um, it's a crane in. So the crane's yeah. in from extreme far, like you can't tell there's a person there, right up yeah. to like his face. And then he stumbles over his feet and goes, oh, fucking bollocks. <laughs> you go, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. undercut the tension a little bit there, but uh, I guess that's also how it yeah. feels, I guess. And also, that's where some of the comedy lies as oh, well. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. That it yeah, it, it won't be. It will be just a well-placed bollocks. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. it is just that. And, of course, Moff saying bollocks anyway in his Cockney accent is actually really amusing anyway. It's one of my favorite um, sounds in any language is a Cockney accent saying bollocks. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Me so too. cut to our final scene, uh, the pub on Sunday, 5 p.m., where Moff tells his friends that he wants to pack in the drugs. And his friends uh, yeah, laugh not. at him for this. Mm, mm, I guess... Mm. From what I sort of got, like, ah, yeah, we've heard this before. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, Yeah, massively so. But also this scene actually, um, again, speaks to reality in the world Mm. of, like, you you all come together, you know, on a Sunday and and get maybe a hair of the dog or whatever. Like, that's very normal Mm. for that to happen, to sort of decompress from, you know, and discuss the weekend and what they got up to. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Like a debrief, yeah. Yeah, literally a debrief of the of the of the weekend. But he um, seems super serious about like, no, yeah. I really, I feel real bad. No yeah. more drugs for me. Yeah. Fuck, this sucks. Yeah. I, I don't want to keep yeah. doing this. So, yeah. and a lot of us would have had that conversation with somebody. So yeah. we would have had this conversation again. All of these conversations are really, 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 really set in reality. Mm. Um, they seem quite grounded. Mm. As an outsider, they seemed quite grounded to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Though Moff uh, also, when he's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, when the fun stops, uh, you should stop. Yeah, maybe, you know, if you're serious, that's a good idea. This is the thing Coop says. And then he says, hey, uh, hey, Moff, you want a drink? I'm, you know, my round. He goes, uh, yeah, pint of vodka, mate. Yeah, a little bit of Coke. And it's actually one of my, my things that I, I always used to say because of this movie. So that's a saying that I used to see. So oh, wow. I used to say, sorry. So I would, I still do it now. If someone asks me for a drink at the bar, I'll just say pint of vodka, a little bit of Coke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I've, obviously that's from human traffic, but, um, uh, but yeah. I've heard a lot you of say things. that, I think. And I, at yeah, the time I was like, what? Have. I don't know. What? Yeah, there you go. Why would you want that? Now you know, now you know where it's from. Now I understand <laughs> the reference. Yes, indeed. You got the reference. So yeah, so it was very much that. But also the saying that, um, that Coop says, which is, you know when the bad times outweigh the good times, you know the party's over, man. And that was very much um, the philosophy of people like us. Mm. We would often say this, often say this, um, that if the bad outweighs the good, you've got to knock the drugs on the head. But until then, have fun. Mm. You know what I mean? But until, in, until that happens... You know what I mean? You're, you're all right. But if you're starting to get more bad times because of good, there's absolutely no point in doing it. Yeah. Because you're just hurting yourself at this point. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was a really common thing to say. But it's actually. also finishing off the movie's themes of, like, let's call it what it is. It's bacchanalian self-indulgence. But it's also, yeah, and- like, 
we understand that there are consequences if you do this too much because the substances we're into are potentially habit forming and they could really fuck yeah. with you long term. So at a certain point, you got to be like, no, we're not going to do this forever. And we got to yeah. make sure that we're communicating with one another. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then the, I think it's important. Sorry, go ahead. Mm, sorry. Go on. No, I was going to move on to the next scene, but you said you have more to say. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah. So in the actual final scene, Lulu and Jip walk down the middle of the road together, expressing how much they love each other and also want to fuck each other's brains out. Yeah. Isn't that sweet? Except for like a tiny post thing speech with some stills from production about how Bill Hicks was right about everything. Yeah, of course. And it is Um, quite, it is quite sweet. I agree. And then, uh, sweet, but the last the last scene is cut like a classic Hollywood film. It is, yeah, right like down to the music. Hollywood ending, which yeah. is fun. Uh, they walk into the moonset together, and it's kind of lovely. And we're done with the movie. Yeah. So, ask me questions yeah. about the movie. Um. So, did you look into any of the reviews? from the movie from back then to now i try not to when i do these things because uh effectively i'm giving my impression and i fear that reading other people's reviews will color my impression of it absolutely valid i'll tell you why though although that's definitely what you should do and i totally agree with you in this instance i would actually recommend you look at some um some some publications okay well why do the what do the publications say well, you see, because you're going to get two views here and you're going to get, you know, you know, the stuffy people that the film is talking about. Oh, they wrote reviews those stuffy, for sure. Those stuffy people write these reviews, so they don't like the film. Uh, let, I'm going to guess glorifying drug culture and how dare you and you're uh, going to you're going to. Yeah, a little bit, but also just the assumptions that this is just a small group of people that are this isn't life. This uh. is just a small little group of people and people aren't like this. I'll give you an example. Empire gave it two stars. Huh. And it says, uh, difficulties translating the, um, what is it, the vicious euphoria of uh, his loved up ravers to a substance-free audience. Now, I find that a little bit. What was that phrase? Vicious what? Vicious euphoria. Could I, I say that is a wonderful couple of words to string together in oh, any context yeah. other than an ignorant review about something that the reviewer 100%. doesn't seem to no, understand. No, oh, Vicious oh, euphoria. The, the, writing, the writing is not what I've got a problem with. Oh, no, I get you. I was just so <laughs> struck by that. That's wonderful. I love it. Sorry, go on. Yeah, it is good. Um, to a substance-free audience. Now, the, the assumptions there that that all of the audience will not be able to relate to this because they would never have taken drugs. And it's mm. only just this tiny little subsection of the blah, 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 blah. I don't know. You I've see. never eaten. I've never ingested a substance. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the thing is, I've never eaten food. Like, have you? Yeah. Water? <laughs> Those aren't Again, substances. You come from a very different world. What I'm saying is the 90% of the world of reality of the real world that, that most people experience Everybody would have done this, or most people would have done this uh, at least once. Like club culture in the 90s was mainstream culture. Like this was the mainstream youth culture. 100%. And so, you know, you're sort of saying that it's a substance, you know, substance free audience is, is not. It's not good. Um, Rogerbert.com, another another um, website, they said um, they, they they obviously didn't pay attention to the to the movie at all. I mean, they say that, oh, they're all on heroin and and all of this sort of really, really hardcore stuff. And heroin. that's just not the case. 
Oh, one of them made a said, joke about being on heroin at one precisely. point. But... It was a joke. It was to take the piss right yeah. out of the people that were thinking. So do you see what I mean? Yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. them will not even really engage with actually what's going on. They were actually being sarcastic. Mm. They wouldn't, you know, it wasn't. They're like aggressively um, not understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Aggressively not understanding. They don't want to mm. understand, you know. So on the other side, what did the reviews look like? Uh, well, you know, um, to be honest, I was just looking at the other side because oh, I thought okay, yeah. that you would, you would no, be yeah, able to I, get... No, yeah, I sort of predict that, but... Uh, I, sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that you'd already get the good reviews. So, you know, I wanted to give you the other side of of when this was released. You know, it wasn't for everybody and a lot of, a lot mm. of people didn't like it because it was showing maybe reality too much despite the fact that actually it was twisting reality quite a lot in the film. But that's the irony there. Well, what I find about it is I find there's a lot that I can attach myself to in this in terms of experiences that I've had that are not the same, but are similar in feel, right? Yeah. So you know, for me, it wasn't the clubs. It might have been rock shows or it might have been something yeah. else. But uh, But there was a lot about it that reminded me of being in my early 20s, right? There was a lot about yeah. it that I remembered the kind of thinking that I had, the kind of attitudes that I had. Uh, yeah, I, I think it really captured very well the feeling of being a young adult in a world that doesn't give a shit about you, right? Yeah. So, and that's the part where I had to, on a first watch, I was sort of like, oh, yeah, I was all right. And then the second watch, I started taking it more seriously and going, okay, actually, first of all, this is very competently made as a piece of cinema. Second of all, this is very... It It is not about what the events of the film actually are, because if I were to give you that beat sheet, the actual plot synopsis, uh, young adults meet up to go to the pl- to go to a club. They go to the club and then they go to a house party and then they all go home and two of them fall in love. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's the plot. And it's not like it's not a good plot. And normally I'm a plot guy. But I'm learning through doing the show and doing more reviews that actually there is I, I kind of have to watch I, I would call this a character piece more than a plot piece. This is That's about absolutely, this absolutely is about the characters and their perceptions of the world. It is not about what the world actually is. It's not about events that push a hero through a journey. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I would argue also it's the juxtaposition between the the the, the established culture and the counterculture, as in you would get that through throughout time. You oh know, yeah. Look at the fifties, yeah, yeah. the fifties and the sixties. Look at you know what I mean? And um Oh yeah, there yeah, was a time where people now. looked at Elvis and thought, like, he is moving his hips far too much. That is literally the drugs. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, he's the devil. Exactly. So you're always gonna get this sort of this thing. But it is, it's a coming of age story, it's social commentary, it's it's the juxtaposition of two different um cultures clashing together. And not understanding each other at mm. all. Just well, complete, no communication there whatsoever. Well, even as an outsider, I felt the movie was like inviting me in, saying like, this is what we're about. Come on in. Come party with us. No, you don't have exactly. to do drugs, but this it. is how we feel when we yeah, do it. let so. me show you. Yeah, exactly. Let and, me show uh, you our world. It's a movie that I feel is approaching me on – it's asking me to approach it on its level, on a human level, because this is what the characters are interested in. They, they want – uh, deliberate human expression. They want real 
uh, real human experience. Real, exactly. And They're, that's that's it. That's what, that's the movie. You've described it really well. I kind of liked it. It was okay. It's very. It's sort of dated. A lot of the references are a bit dated, and I don't know. I don't know how well it plays today for a youth audience, for example, right? Because for one thing, uh, all of these sort of call it rock and roll movies, which have music as the primary thing about them. Mm. We both remember like that it. in the I... 90s, music was the thing. Like the first question you'd ask somebody is, what kind of music do you listen to? And then you would judge them ruthlessly based on their answer. Ma- massively so, yeah. Um, but these but days, I, think it's, I don't know. It's I don't know that music has it's... that. It's a product of its time, though. Mm. So, you know, like like anything else, like partying and stuff changes over the eras, mm. like over, mm. over eras. It, it completely changes. Look at the 20s, you know, look at flappers and then mm. look at like now. It's completely different. And I think that although you say it's dated and it is, it would be dated to somebody who, for instance, didn't know jungle or it's sort of where jungle you know came from or any of this if they wouldn't really quite get what that is but from my perspective human traffic is so perfect because it is me it is our Mm. life so i got all references immediately you know because this was this was our life and i think this was our film you know this was for us it was a love project and for us you know Mm. um and yeah and i really i i really love it for that for that reason but it really is a feel-good movie as well you want to you want to go partying you know they they make you want to get up and go you know if i'm honest it didn't make me want to go partying but only because this type of partying is very not what i enjoy but i totally get that if this is the kind of partying that you enjoy it would feel like an invitation to go out right yeah massively massively yeah yeah you feel part of the party i'm more of a jazz club guy yeah, I, know, I, I like sitting at the bar and listening because I'm there for the music. But like, that's I'm also in my mid 30s, so like, I'm I think I'm past the sort of get off your tits and go into the pit rave style, right? Like, I don't want to be in the pit. You, you at know, the metal you know show now anymore. that I want to do like a last hurrah now. I want to oh, go God. out. Are we going to go to a metal show? More. Are we going to go to the pit? No, we're not going to. A <laughs> show. I'm taking. If you're yeah. taking me clubbing, I'm taking you to a metal show. But I don't want my bones to be broken. I'm they far won't too get old broken. for that. They won't get I can't broken. get into the pit anymore. Are you kidding me? Last time I did that was that download. I nearly died. <laughs> okay, no, you've you've done a pit. You've done a pit. Anyway, I so I get <laughs> well on that note i think that's the episode thank you so much for showing right. me this movie and for potting with me uh do you have other than your sex toy business do you have anything else to plug absolutely not no i mean i could make a crude joke but i won't as i said it i was like okay well i mean that was too obvious she's not gonna take it <laughs> i do have certain plugs yes oh well there you go there you go <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Thank you for potting with me. And uh, hey, audience, thank you for listening. We've been one for Paul. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye now. This episode of One for Paul was brought to you by our patrons. If you'd like to support the show, then go to patreon.com slash one for Paul. Philosophy is about the meaning of life, yeah? I can't get an erection. <laughs>